What's up, everyone? Welcome to Game Face, episode 352 on Sifted Games at sifted.net. I'm Shane Satterfield, your humble host of the next couple hours of intense game discussion. And alongside me to make it even better is Matt Kyle. What's up, Matt? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Feels like it's we're still just, in July, uh, even though it's the 1st of August. <laughs> we're, just, uh, we're just waiting for Baldur's Gate over here. <laughs> like everybody else. I saw somebody in chat was like, two more sleeps until Baldur's mm-hmm. Gate 3. Like, that's yep. that's the level of alert that we're all on. Yep. Um, we're not talking about the game in today's show. I'm just going to tell you right out of the gate here. And nobody else is talking about it either no, because they still hasn't. haven't sent out review code. I think this, it, I mean, we thought Jedi Survivor was coming in hot. <laughs> I think this thing's coming in hot. You oh, can't even preload it. I know. It's 122 gigs, and you can't preload that Because I don't think they're ready to, no, for I people to have the code. I think, no, I think they flipped that switch the moment of, and, and hopefully it all works. I mean, the good news is most of the real problems will be worked out by the time the PS5 version launches, so that's what the PC version is for. Yeah. All. Well, I, heard, I read today that the Xbox version isn't coming until 2024 now. Yeah, the Xbox version got a late start for reasons I do not remember if yeah. I ever did remember. Yeah, them. like they, Weird. They, they there was. I mean, basically, like we knew there were console versions coming because as mm-hmm. soon as they like literally the day early access <laughs> the went up two years ago, they're like, oh, it will be cross compatible with other versions. And yeah. so it's like, okay, obviously there's going mean, to. Yeah, they did that with Divinity. Divinity. The Divinity games have you know console versions, obviously, but yeah. there was never any time frame given. Uh, the PS5 version you know wasn't officially confirmed until the day they announced the launch date mm-hmm. earlier this year and they've never mentioned xbox yet so yeah i guess that, it doesn't surprise me yeah so anyway no one's got code i mean i don't even know if like ign and GameSpot have got code yet i know the smaller outlets definitely haven't received uh, the it. xbox couldn't handle a co-op split screen on probably on the uh the s that's why ah, that makes sense um, so anyway, we're in a holding pattern waiting for Baldur's Gate 3. <laughs> I think Vin- we can- Vincent reminds us that Early Access also launched for Stadia, which is right. funny. Yeah, that is <laughs> Remember funny. that? Yeah, Remember yeah. Remember that five minutes? Yep, exactly. Um, so anyway, we're not talking about it today. I can pretty much guarantee, I think, we'll talk about it on next week's show. Yeah. I hope so. Yeah. If not, we're in we're just, a major I'm disaster. I'm going to stare at the brain worm skill tree until <laughs> they give it to me. It's, yep. So anyway. I'm amazed at how much stuff they have not revealed. For yeah. That game. Like, there's even though they've revealed a lot oh, yeah. there's 600 spells in that game we only know 200 of them it's insane hope you guys are ready for a lockdown this weekend because i think everybody's just going to dive into this thing and just yeah. come up for air when they need to it's gonna be nice and, to have something to do while i wait for starfield yeah and we'll be doing the same thing um so anyway we're still waiting we're in a holding pattern on Baldur's gate 3 but i don't think you're going to see any other podcast this week talking about it maybe if someone records on a friday they might slide yeah. it in for this week's episode. But even then, it's like... But then, no, how much a, will they have played? Yeah, just do a live stream, basically, at the beginning yeah. of the game. Yeah. So anyway, we're as excited as you guys are for Baldur's Gate 3. If you saw our episode of Dossier that went up last night, it's the thumbnail. Matt, it's the first time we've done Dossier for August that Madden has not been the thumbnail. Wow. Because <laughs> it's always the biggest game in August. The only thing, yeah. Not this one. This, this August, actually, is pretty good. Yeah. There's some good stuff coming out again. Once again, 2023 totally delivering with the big games um so august is actually looking all right yeah. did you see, what, is that in there what in there the hell the 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 hell divers 2 thing no huh no. there was like a rumor that hell divers 2's release date's gonna be like october 13th or something oh, wow. and everyone's like so you're just literally i mean thematically appropriate but you're sending it to die basically. yeah like, you can't release that game in the middle of also like that's that's sony right Yep. You're going to put that up a week before Spider-Man? Are you crazy? That's pretty... I, I don't believe that rumor. I, For that I reason, I, I don't true. believe that be rumor. True. Yeah, that would, that would be crazy. 
Um, so anyway, it's been kind of a slow week, but we actually have a couple big games to talk about today. And then we had some really huge news on the Nintendo hardware front over the last couple days here. Some big news breaking on the successor to Switch. We're going to talk about that. Um, we have we do have, again, tons of housekeeping. There's just so many medium-sized stories breaking mm-hmm. throughout the summer. Just not a lot of big games coming out right now. Um, but we do think we have a pretty good show for you guys today. Um, rest in peace, Pee Wee Herman, yeah. I would add. Um, I know a lot of people, younger folks, probably don't care about Pee Wee Herman. I do. I love mm-hmm. Pee Wee Herman. My favorite thing that Pee Wee Herman did was Pee Wee's Playhouse, which was a mm-hmm. Saturday, supposed to be for kids show, that was anything but. There is adult innuendo all the way through yeah. that show. When the like, character began as an adult, like, show, I mean, his show, he, when he first did his, that character came up through improv, but mm-hmm. his original show was here in L.A. after he did not get a job on SNL. He was... Yeah. Uh, he lost out to Gilbert Gottfried of all people, oh. and uh, so he decided to do a, a one-man show with that character here. And uh, he would do daytime shows for kids and midnight shows for adults. And so he, that the character was always able to do both. And yeah, Pee Wee's Playhouse had a little bit of. Uh, I will admit, I don't know if I've ever seen a full episode of Pee Wee's Playhouse. Oh, I watch. I had I, them all on VHS. I, I was, watched them over and over. I was not a Pee Wee Herman fan oh, okay. at all. It was um, a little bit like Ren and Stimpy, where it has yeah. like these hidden jokes in there that you're like, I can't believe they're showing this stuff to kids. I like, knew I knew a lot of it because my friends like did the. You know, I know all the chair and the secret word stuff and all that kind of the basics. Mm-hmm. But like, no, nah, I was never a huge Cowboy Curtis. Yeah, I was who, never a huge fan. Lawrence Fishburne. I, like I've seen Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Obviously, mm-hmm. that was a big deal at the time. That's he was fun. a love it or hate. Guy, yeah, I just, he could be very annoying. But to some like people. he, I mean, I have never, even in the wake of the, his death, yes, I, I, there's not a single negative thing anyone has to say about this man. Well, he did get caught masturbating in a theater in sure. Florida, and that kind of ruined his career. It did for a time, yeah, yeah. But like, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to say who <laughs> hasn't, but it's like, <laughs> do, do you not understand? Like, the internet wasn't really a thing then. Yeah, yeah. Um, As it turns out, I actually have a friend who's a really good friend of Paul Rubens, Pee Wee Herman. Yeah. And yesterday on Facebook, he posted, like, all these cards that he had sent him for Christmas. Like, he actually is, like, a real was a really good guy. Yeah. Was that Randy? No, it uh, was is a lawyer friend of no. mine. Yeah, do you know somebody who knows him? Randy Pitchford. Oh, I didn't was know friend, that. Yeah, Randy Pitchford was friends with him and posted a book. Oh, I didn't realize that. Because every, every year on your birthday, if, if you knew him... Uh, he would send you all day. He would send you animated gifts of people getting hit in the face with cake from like classic <laughs> silent movies and stuff uh-huh. and jokes and things yeah. like that all day. And he posted like a. Well, there's that DJ, that EDM DJ that throws cake. Yeah. Into the cr- so he would post like a. He would send you that. And, and so Randy posted like a video of scrolling through his birthday feed from this past April of all the stuff that that Paul Rubens had sent him. And it's, mm-hmm. it's like some, some of us from Bewitched. I appreciate that. Yeah. There is a really great pie hit from that show that it, it was in there. Um, good taste, good yeah. taste in that. But yeah, he like he and there was. I mean, there's no one else like him. No, not all. There, there probably a, never will be. There was a guy I saw who said basically he got a divorce and he had to stay in a hotel room with his three year old daughter and like and like it was terrible and like everything was falling apart and they'd watch Pee Wee's Playhouse together to like get yeah, got to get through that and later later he he wrote on Facebook to Paul Rubens and was like you know. Uh, thanks for that. And, you're just a, and Paul Rubens responded that same day and said, give me your phone number and called him and talked to him about it for like for a while. And he said, hey, <laughs> like, keep my phone number. Um, you know, give me a call when this is all done and over and stuff. And he did. And he's like, come over, come out. I'm going to fly out to Sarasota to my mom's place and we'll hang out. And so they went out. They literally wow. got and they had tea and cake out by in the back. And like, he's like, we only stayed for like an hour because we didn't want to stay over overstay. But like. 
Yeah, like he just we just sat and talked about life and things and 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 the food and all that. He's like, that's all. It was nothing else to it. It was just. Yeah. And my daughter was still too young to remember. He was just doing it for this adult fan that he knew needed something. Yeah, yeah. And like the man just seems like he was a good person. He was like, top he was to a bottom. good dude. So rest in peace, Pee Wee. Hopefully you're in some awesome playhouse somewhere having fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I, I realize that probably 70% of you guys may not even know who Pee Wee Herman is. <laughs> you know, the, you know, the thing I kept thinking of was uh, his surfing bird performance in the movie Back to the Beach. Oh, yeah. Which might be, I might be the only person in the, in the world that thought of that first. But That's like, funny. I, I remember that movie very well for some reason. Um, uh, Farodal says, I'm going to defend the theater thing. He was watching an adult film in an adult theater. I sympathize with the theater staff not wanting to clean that up. <laughs> but the movie is designed for that. She's, yeah, yeah. They're right. I mean, it's true. Yeah. Like, that's kind of what people do in adult theaters. Yeah, I, especially back in the day. I mean, obviously, you don't need, you know, the, the internet is for that now. You, know, yeah, you can do that exactly. at home. You had but, to go to a theater back yeah. then. Yeah. And really, it only blew up because he was famous. Yeah. Yep. And supposedly for kids, you know, there's always that panic about shit like that. Yep. But there were, you know, I, I remember seeing him in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the movie, uh, for the first time in years. Because yeah. no one would cast him anything. And, and he and he was in that. As, he's very funny in that. He spends half the movie dying. Well, he died for six years. He was fighting cancer for six years and never told anyone. Yeah. But and then he came back as that character on What We Do in the Shadows. Yeah. But, very, yeah, very cool dude. Yep. Good guy. Let's see what you guys are saying. In this early Game Phase 352, one Super Master Gamer. Thank you for Twitch Prime. That's awesome. Uh, let's see if we got any others up in here. Any people talking about Pee Wee? Um, Big Dave Lazard. I love Pee Wee, and this made me really sad. Me too, man. I was surprised how much it bothered me that he had passed. Yeah, it bothered me. I, like I said, I wasn't much of a fan, but like mm-hmm. it bothered me. It's just it, it's when icons die. It's yeah, the, it's the uh, it's the Elvis thing. Yeah, you know? like he wasn't. You know, he wasn't our Elvis. Uh, Michael Jackson was, but it's it's a it's a thing. Yep. Cody Carter, thank you for Twitch Prime. Toon Medic, thank you for Twitch Prime. Um, you guys have one of the best podcasts out there. Thank you, man. We really appreciate that. That means a lot to hear. Uh, B Martin thirty two twenty three, thank you for your first time chat. Welcome to the crew, Sifter. Um, what else we got here? Uh, B Martin, thank you for Twitch Prime. You jumped in and then said your first uh, your first piece in our our stream, which is awesome. Um, Rot first, thank you. Jay Wood twenty ten, thank you. Shiz knows, thank you. And Door one nine one one, thank you all for subscribing with Twitch Prime. It's flipping awesome. And it was last few from last week, but we probably missed them because well, they nice. those were people who subscribed from last show till De- now. Yeah, now. Yeah, so I still like to call them out if we can. Um, Shora F, thank you for Twitch Prime. Uh, a lot of people know Pee Wee and love Pee Wee like we do. Awesome. Um, and the Pharaoh says it ruined his career. That really wasn't fair. I'd agree. But yeah. things have changed. Times have changed. The way people look at things has changed since then. It's just different. Yeah, people that are... happened to him now, he'd probably get elected president. Or <laughs> <Yeah>, something. <laughs> something good would happen. <laughs> Which is funny. So anyway, uh, I didn't. Wa- I wanted to mention Pee Wee, but I didn't want to mention him at the end of our housekeeping because I don't want to go into our sponsorship with a dour attitude. Mm-hmm. I'm very conscious of that. I want to make sure we're feeling good when we head into our sponsorship. So anyway, just thought I'd Paul, bring it up. Paul Rubin would want you to feel good. Yeah. About him dying, you mean? No, but like he, you know, he wants to, he doesn't want anyone to be upset because of him. Well, my friend, he had texted him like a month ago and was basically like, I'm dying. Mm-hmm. But like, don't be sad about it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I've lived a wonderful life and I don't want you to be sad. If there's anything you can do for me after I'm gone, don't be sad. So you're absolutely right. That's exactly how I looked at it. 
Uh, all right, let's move on to our housekeeping. And we have a ton of smaller stories this week, but some pretty fun ones, I think. Uh, first up, we were wondering kind of what's up with Assassin's Creed Mirage. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw it at Naughty 3. It turned me off. I'm a, I'm a little nervous about it right now. Um, one thing that Ubisoft did share this week is that according to one of its reps, it is one-fifth the size of Valhalla. Still pretty big. That's still pretty big. <laughs> That's still, they said it basically 20 to 25 hours for the average playthrough, mm-hmm. and then about 30 hours if you're the completionist and you want to collect everything. I mean, that's about right. That's where they all should be. That's where they all used to be. <laughs> I know. Like, to me. I mean, later, I mean, like Unity and, and uh, like, it's in, like those later ones that could take like more like 50, 40 60, or 50. If you're doing everything. Yeah. But yeah, like that's about, I mean, you're talking about, you know, Assassin's Creed 3 size. I mean, it's, I'll say this, it's actually bigger than I thought it was going to be. I thought mm-hmm. they're going to say it's more like 15 to 20. Yeah. So this game's a little bigger than I thought it was going to be. Maybe it's a little more involved than I thought. It actually gave me a little bit of optimism for the game to find out that it was well, a little I don't bigger. Know. Like, you, like you don't seem to like a lot of what you see here, so I don't know. Like finding out the portions bigger than you expected. You're right is. because the core of it doesn't look too good to me. Like the movement and the combat doesn't look great, um, and that's not going to change no matter how long or short yeah, the game is. Yeah, it's remarkable. Is. I mean, I mean, it looks pretty standard at this point, but it's, you know, a lot of that seems to be taken from you know the last few, mm-hmm. um, which were not super traversed heavy in terms of what you're doing here obviously and like if you go back to look at like <clears throat> like how assassin's creed 2 or even like 3 and 4 worked like there was a way especially unity actually people unity gets a bad rap because of how badly it because it's so buggy at first so buggy. Yeah. but that is probably the pinnacle of like flow in terms mm-hmm. of of traversal that they ever hit in the old version of the series like he can Arno can get around that city like nobody else in mm-hmm. in that's in the series. Like it's it did have problems though, like figuring out whether you wanted to run up walls or not. They all had that after three because there were times where you just run past a wall and he just like magnetically attached oh, to the yeah. wall and start running up the I mean, wall. Connor did that too, and, yeah. and Kenway like they would because because there was no you no longer had the thing where you held the right. the, the the trigger mm-hmm. to go loud basically. Yeah. Um. So instead, he just like while you were sprinting, it also was always looking for some. Something to grab onto, and I very specifically remember a number of times in three and four when I was running away from someone, and the character would just suddenly grab onto a barrel to yeah. that you ran past, like yeah. like he suddenly needed a security blanket or, or something. There are lots stupid. of chase scenes in that game yeah. too, and during the chases, like they just randomly, gra- you're right, run up the wall and they grab onto a ledge and just sit there. Yeah, you're like just, fail, you just, just turn ninety <laughs> degrees and I, like randomly run. It's like fail and you yeah. fail it like immediately. It drove yeah. me bonkers. Like it's like, a, it's like, are you an assassin or a neurotic cat? Right. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> So anyway, I guess maybe a little bit of good and a little bit of bad with this news about Mirage. I mean, some of the good actually is that like we're gonna have a game for the fourth quarter that isn't gonna take us like right. You can probably hours. get through this. We'll actually be able to come on Game Face and say we both finished this game for once, mm-hmm. which hardly ever happens anymore because the games are just so damn big. Like and it's so, so when hard. Is it- is that like October twelfth or something? Yeah, it's middle. Somewhere? Yeah, it's like the earlier part of October. Mm-hmm. But again, it's gonna get. It, this might even get swallowed up in October. Yeah, I think it might. I mean, Assassin's Creed might get lost in the shuffle because yeah, this October is so awesome. It's, isn't it right around when is Super Mario? I think that's a li- like mid to later? late October. I think is, like, that, is uh, that like the week after Spider Man? Because Spider Man's the twentieth, if I remember. I think it might be the same week as Spider Man. Same week as Spider Man. Yeah. All right. I mean, there's only so many games you can get away from. Like, yeah. At a certain point, you just got to release your game and cross your Call fingers. Call of Duty's in there somewhere. Yeah. 
Yep. I mean, it's <laughs> that's at the end of the month, Call yeah. of Duty will be, or maybe the first week in November. It always fluctuates a little bit there. And we still, by the way, don't know anything about this year's Call of Duty, which is just out of control compared to how things usually work. I thought we know that it's uh, it's Modern Warfare 3. Well, that was you just that was one of the uh, topics that we had here. <laughs> we talked about that last week. <laughs> we knew it was Modern Warfare 3, but we haven't like had an unveiling of it yet. Oh, Normally, yeah. by now, you'd have like two trailers for the new Call of Duty coming out, and we haven't seen them yet. Well, so. to be fair, you know what it is. Yep. <laughs> That's, that is fair, actually. Uh, let's see. Up next... Um, Red Dead Redemption, the original Red Dead Redemption, it appears that there is some kind of rework in the works. Mm -hmm. um, they have found um, a listing for it on Korean ra Korea's rating boards leaks more games than Korea's <laughs> rating board don't give a fuck. It really doesn't, man. It does not care about NDAs or anything like that. Um, they found a listing for it on a ratings board, and I mean, I can't remember a single time where we've seen something like that, and it wasn't real. Mm -hmm. It's always legit. So it looks like there's going to be either a remake or a remaster. They've also found the logo already for it. Um, I think they found it on Rockstar's official site. It's called, like, Rockstar Presents Red Dead Redemption. Mm -hmm. So they have a new logo for the game that they found already. So it looks like it's a done deal. Is this another case of like maybe it's a little too early, or do you feel like we're too ready early. for it? That game was how old is Red Dead? Red Dead Redemption? Actually? Yeah, that's like thirteen years old or is something. It? Yeah, it came out before five. Yeah, and five's ten years old. Yeah, that's true. So yeah, I guess it's right in that. And it's right and it's, in that zone. It's that... never been on PC, and yeah. it's only backwards compatible on Xbox. So yeah, I think it, absolutely it should be. It needs, it's been. It's needed a remake for a long time. Now, because, by the way, for those of you who don't know, this is not the first Red Dead. This is Red two. Dead Two, by the way. Just but like sure Red Dead One, I mean the Red, well, the backwards compatibility on Xbox is actually really good. Um, runs well. I saw you good. when I came over yeah. here one time. You were playing it. It looked amazing. Yeah, it looks great. Yeah, but like you know the as the. You know, I was so I was at the Game Developers Choice Awards the year Red Dead One won a bunch mm -hmm. of stuff, and it was awkward because a bunch of the guys and girls who made that were there because they was it was Rockstar San Diego, but they'd all gotten fired as soon as it was done, mm -hmm. and they That's were there. Right, for, I forgot were, about that. They were there for other reasons, like they were there for other their new teams they were on and stuff. And so no one from Rockstar showed up, obviously, because no, they don't give a shit about mm -hmm. anything they, except money. And um, so a couple like the lead developer, the, like the designers came up and accepted awards. They were like, this is awkward because they fired us like, right <laughs> as we finished this game. But I'm glad you liked it kind of thing. You know, and like, it looked great on my resume. And that one part of, and talking to them later, they were like, well, yeah, like we don't even know how the code worked. Like basically they got that thing working through like, you know, popsicle sticks, spit yeah. and, and magic. And yeah. like one of the reasons there was never any remasters or any uh, PC version was because no one wanted to touch the code mm -hmm. because it would because all it's rickety. It's like a giant house of cards. Yeah. So this, if th this remake has, is definitely a ground up remake. And I will say, um, I mean, it's exciting. I hope it is. I mean, it's, it's definitely is. There's no, so? no way. There's no other way. There's absolutely no other way. Um, the problem is we saw what happened when they did that with GTA. That's true. And well, they they also parceled that out to another developer. Maybe was, they would do this This is also being parceled out oh, to somebody. Oh, you think so? Yeah. That, why else would it be Rockstar Presents? Yeah, that's true. That sucks. So <laughs> hopefully they've learned some things from this one, from the previous, from the definitive editions. But, like, I mean, yeah, they, this game needs an update 
to work on modern systems and not got lo- get lost. I remember when it launched, it was a disaster. Like there were horses like hovering out in the middle of canyons. Oh, yeah. and, like and the magic cougars. The cougars appear, that would disappear yeah. out of nowhere. Like <laughs> that, it was a mess. That's, that still happens sometimes. Yeah. But, um, you mean in the, it's still in the code, yeah. Like yeah. the random cougars still fly, show up. It's so crazy. Um, it, so it was kind of a mess, but it was also, if you could fight through it, it was a really good game. So... Um, you're right. There's a whole new generation mm-hmm. of people ready to play. The- and actually, if you play it on like modern Xbox, they they they, they did fix a lot of stuff. Did they? In that. It, it's actually it's almost it's not a remaster, but it is actually a really well done update. Vortex Complex asks, isn't there already a 4K version on PC via home? Yeah, there's an emulator thing that more or less works pretty well. Um, so you can mo- I think you mo- you can emulate the. Uh, the Xbox 360 version, mm-hmm. like like effect, more or less effect. I mean, I guess that could be what they're doing. That's weird. Yeah. Um, we'll see. Sneaky says, don't make it play like Red Dead Redemption 2. That would be good. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of Rockstar's yeah. house style. I mean, I went again, I went back and played Grand Theft Auto 5 briefly for like an hour a couple weeks ago for just to record some B-roll of it. Um and it plays just like Red Dead Redemption 2. I mean, one does, like, I mean, the auto aim is just crazy. One generous. isn't as obsessed with where your guns are and what goes on the horse and what can mm-hmm. come off the horse with you and then goes back on the horse whether you want it or not. Like, like Red Dead is, it, one plays a little more like a standard game, mm-hmm. whereas, like, you know, two has more of a, uh, we're going to make you role play this shit whether you want to or not, yeah. sort of thing, which I do find irritating. Mm-hmm. Um, like most of the, I mean, I don't, it's usually worth the trouble. Yeah. But like every once in a while, I'm just like, can I just run, please? Yeah. I mean, Leonosaurus says, I'm just praying that it's not a disaster like the GTA yeah, remasters. I mean, that is the big fear I think everybody has right now. For sure. <laughs> um, so anyway, I mean, I don't. When do you think we're going to hear anything about this? It's. I mean, you just can't guess anymore because E3 is not a thing anymore. Rockstar doesn't really do much at Gamescom. Maybe we see it at like the Game Awards at the end of the year. At best, yeah. I mean, odds are, I mean, either that or it just comes out. Yeah, you know? it just shows it's up. Just... Rockstar's like, here's the first trailer. Or it's, it's, it's coming I mean, out. I in would three guess months. we either see it in a in a Game Awards or a Sony State of Play. I mean, the GTA reworks they were just kind of announced with a trailer and put out yeah. there. Like it was with little fanfare. Yeah, like, well, I mean, like, yeah. Let's be honest, we're probably just gonna get like somebody's gonna see something on Twitter and. Yeah. It's like, oh, that wasn't supposed to go up yet, but here it is. Yeah. <laughs> yep, that's probably what's going to happen. So anyway, uh, for a lot of you younger folks, you'll get your first chance to play Red Dead 1, and hopefully it'll be a much better version than yeah. Matt and I played when it came out. Yeah, although that means that got better. Yeah. Like, they did patch it. Mm-hmm. It, was, it turned out okay. Rockstar and, generally doesn't give up on his game. And, either. I mean, credit for that whole, they had a whole second game as DLC with the zombie no, nightmare thing. Like, that, yeah, which if that's was, in there, that's a crazy value. <laughs> it really is. It's bizarre that they did that, but you're right. It adds a lot of value to the game. So, anyway, some kind of a Red Dead 1 rework is coming. It's either going to be a remaster or a remake. Let's keep our fingers crossed for a complete remake. Uh, next up. PlayStation 5 hit a milestone this week, Matt. 40 million consoles sold. However, this was the first time that PlayStation updated us on sales of PlayStation 5, and it was now tracking below the PlayStation 4. Mm -hmm. So it has now actually fallen behind PlayStation 4 as far as units sold. I think it's two or three months behind 
PS4 at this point. Yeah. I mean, now, obviously, with some of that a pandemic, issues. like there are some extenuating circumstances yeah, some, there. Some of that supply issues, I'm sure. Like, yeah. I'm sure more would have sold if they were there to sell. Mm-hmm. Um, how, what do you make of this? I mean, it seemed like for a long time, even with the pandemic, it was outselling PS4, and mm. it seems like they should be getting more units in stores now, so that you would think there would be no looking back at that I point. What I do mean, you think's happening? You think the lack of exclusive games maybe finally is starting to have a little bit of an effect? Not an, even a little bit. No. It's people don't have $500 to spend on something yeah. anymore. Interesting. I think it's economic. I don't think it's... I don't it's think possible. It's so, I don't think it's PlayStation. I saw some figure where, like, people have, like, crazy amounts of credit card debt right mm-hmm. now. Um, mm-hmm. And so you may be right. People may, maybe just aren't buying, you know, frivolous things that they don't need. Yeah. And It'll pick want. up closer to Christmas. Yeah. I mean, it should. Yeah. Um, when people start spending their money, Pickles for Christmas, and it's not like the it's not like the Spider Man stuff stayed in stock. Mm-hmm. So did that stuff sell out? I actually didn't oh, yeah. didn't notice that. Oh, it did. All gone. How quickly? Very quickly, as I saw, and I and I think they said they're never doing another run of the plates. Really? Um, I think they are. They the 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 controller went back up. Got a restock. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think they're limiting the controller, but I think those plates were it. That's, I think they said that was it. They, as, unless they changed their mind since I read that. Yeah, I mean, as we always say on the show. These are the things that you should buy mm-hmm. if you're interested in buying things to turn them over later for profit. These collector's edition consoles, collect- there aren't handhelds really anymore. Well, but- it depends on what it is. But, like, yeah, Spider-Man one, Spider-Man's going to be something somebody wants later. Yeah. Sure. Um, they're one of the few things in the games industry anymore that actually increases in value over time. The games don't really do it anymore because nobody wants physical anymore. Yeah, that's, why I go, I bu- that's why I bought the Metroid uh, 3DS. Yeah. I was like... Well, I don't know if I'm going to use this, but it'd be nice to have a backup in case something happens to mine. Yeah. And even if it doesn't, um, I know that's going to be worth something. Did you ever open it? No. Yeah, I wouldn't either. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like, you shouldn't open them is the thing. And I know a lot of people maybe don't don't have a PS5 yet, and this is their first PlayStation Mm -hmm. 5. They're going to open it and play it. And then you're going to lose a lot of your value from it. But still, if you're the type of person who's looking for things to buy that could one day increase in value, these collector's edition consoles are pretty much the only things left at this point that are worth collecting and keeping, I think, anyway. Uh, maybe a couple of like the limited run game stuff. Some of it, but even that's like I, you know, that, that lightsaber thing I got for the for Jedi Survivor. Mm-hmm. They just announced that the that basically that same saber is coming to the Star Wars Legacy Collection, like the Disneyland Collection, mm. and this one. Uh, a is cheaper. B comes with a blade, and C the blade changes seven different colors. Oh, geez. So um, that sucks. We got hosed. Yeah, Tommy, you did is, get hosed. Is, is what that is what that is. Yeah, that really sucks, man. Dang. It's it's cheaper. I mean, it's like fifty bucks cheaper. So it's like buying it without the game. Uh-huh. But mm, it's the better lightsaber. It is the better lightsaber. Yeah, yeah. that sucks. Um, so anyway, I don't know. It does feel like PlayStation Five is maybe things are getting a little soft, but. I don't know. It's hard to tell. When you have, like, a once-in-a-generation pandemic, it's hard to really adjust anything for inflation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Adjusted for inflation. Um, it's really hard to figure out whether it's, it's what you said. People just don't have a lot of disposable income right now or if it's a software issue. Because let's be honest, like, what was the last really big PlayStation 5 exclusive for software? God of War. Yeah. But also, it doesn't matter if you don't have the system. Mm-hmm. There's plenty of stuff you haven't played yeah, yet. Yeah, it's true. You can still pick up Ratchet and Clank, Rift Apart. Ratchet and Clank, Horizon. Yeah. Like, 
you know, the DLC just went. You, you got plenty, plenty to do if you don't already have it. Hell, you could play the both Spider-Man games again. That's true. Or the first Spider-Man game again, and then Miles Morales for the first time, I guess. Yeah. Didn't have it for PS4. Yep. And speaking of Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, that launched for PC mm. this week, and it has not been good. Um, we really thought that maybe because of it, it was an Insomniac game that the streak of PlayStation exclusives launching on PC, a bit of a mess would be broken. That has not turned out to be the case. Um, well, if you have an SSD, it's fine. Yeah. Well, that was the thing. They, they already said you should have an SSD. Like I thought they said at the last minute you didn't need one. It, I mean, it runs. But it doesn't, well. If you go to switch jump through to the different, like, times or whatever Mm -hmm. it like just it turns into a slideshow yeah but it still runs i mean it doesn't crash right (laughs) that's all runs means (laughs) that's true (laughs) i mean it's weird i've seen like people are there were people arguing about how like oh like see this proves they were lying that it needed the ssd i'm like it looks like it needs the ssd to me like (laughs) like, i don't think having him hang there waving his arms in midair for like 30 seconds while the next world loads is a particularly great feature like yeah i mean it takes away the unique selling proposition of the game so if if you have an ssd it runs fine it seems to run pretty much equivalent to the ps5 but if you're running it on a on an old hard you know an rpm hard drive an actual hard drive and i've yeah i've seen the test like here it is on a on a everything's up to max spec except it's running off a 5200 rpm hard drive and it's just yeah it's it's built to use the fast loading well a lot of people like me have an ssd to run their os on but then have an old mechanical hard drive to hold their files in their games and so I, I couldn't play this on my PC mm-hmm. because my I think my SSD is like 200 and some gigs yeah. or something. Just I mean, enough I, to hold Windows, basically. I mean, I have... Mine's all SSD. The, yeah. new one, the new one is all SSD. I think I have... What do I have? I think I have like 10 terabytes. That's insane. Of SSD um, space. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. And uh, But this, like... I, I'll be honest. I mean, it's not like I don't like this game. Um, but I'll be honest. Like, it looked so... It, this looks so much like the PS5 version. And I'm like, I feel like I'm good... With yeah, the PS5 it's version. not that much of an upgrade. No, yeah, the, the PS5 version like it already looks amazing. Ray tracing performance <laughs> mode seems fine, rather than like yeah. I'm sure one day I'll get it for like 15 bucks or something yeah. just to see it on the PC. But it, I mean, it doesn't. It just looks like it's doing what the PC PS5 version did. Um, a little prettier, but like not enough to justify paying 70 bucks for it. I mean, this is still one of the best looking games in the oh, world. Oh yeah, still. Great. After all this time, it is still one of and the And if you don't games. have a PS5 and you do have an SSD for it, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, why are you watching? Why are you here? Well, go play yeah, it. go play this game. It's incredible. So a little disappointing, but ultimately you're right. Like, because their initial messaging was correct. Yeah. It was like, absolutely. It, you're going to need an SSD. And then for whatever reason, the messaging at the last minute was like, well, it actually works on a normal yeah, I mean, HDD. But, I mean, that was like, all, <laughs> it's like, oh, see, they're lying. They didn't need, I'm like, it does need the SSD. And then like, yeah. and people are like, see, it, did, like, it, it just doesn't run optimally, which is like really all they ever said. I like, mean, that's you, a very kind way of putting it, but. but I mean, <laughs> if, you have, if you have a high end, if you have a faster mechanical hard drive, it's not super bad. Yeah. It's just, it's a little stutters. Yeah. It's like playing Jedi Survivor. Poor <laughs> 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 um, PC players, man. It really crazy. only happens when you're doing the jumps between worlds. It does, like yeah. when Otherwise you're just playing normally, fine. like it's it's yep. fine. Yep, you're right. Um, so it's not uh, it's not egregious, but it is sort of a uh, it is sort of a warning sign of like if you don't have an SSD dedicated to game installs, you're probably going to want to think about that. Yeah. I mean, that's going to be a problem for Starfield. I too. mean, the truth is, you probably at this point, if you're a PC gamer. Yeah, you, you, you need, need a, you need to upgrade it. You point. need an SSD. At the very least, you need a decent SSD 
two two four terabyte SSD sitting there ready for the cur- the bleeding edge stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, or if you look, if you obviously just want you don't need to, to put Dave the Diver on an SSD. Right, right, right. If you just want to install one game at a time to a smaller right, SSD, right. Just install the game that you're playing at the time when you're done with it, delete it, and put yeah. your next game on there. Then that works too. So you don't have to spend an arm and a leg to get the best from PC gaming. Is what I'm no, getting. but I think I think we are definitely hitting the point where like I'll tell you, you're gonna definitely need it for GTA Six. Oh yeah. No question. Yeah. So it is kind of getting that time where you kind of need to have an SSD to yeah. at least to install a couple I don't, games I, on. It's weird to me that there's so much recalcitrance in that where it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, like th- that's this happens all the time in PC gaming. Like you got to have faster RAM all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah. Or, even back in the day, I remember people complaining. They're like, oh, now I need to have a 3D card to play a video game on a PC. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you My do. CPU like, isn't going to get it done? Very much so. <laughs> and I, rem- I remember all the uh, you know the late 90s, all the arms like, well, look, I can run uh, Ultima 9 Ascension without a 3D card. Yeah, that's what it looks like versus what <laughs> Unreal looks like. It's yeah, two very yeah. different things. Cinetite does bring up a good point. And that is that if you don't play with an SSD, it can't even run it at 720p. Those videos were in 720p. The game could not run it with a normal hard drive at that resolution. So you really do need an SSD to get the most out of modern games on PC. That's just the way it is, unfortunately. So uh, is is that PS5 footage? That's all PS5. Yeah. Yep. Um, Let's see. Oh, so. You have talked a couple times on Game Face, Matt, about how there's these old Transformers games that have just disappeared into the ether. I think the last time you brought it up was when we mentioned that 75% of retro games are lost in the ether, and there's no way to archive them. Um, And you mentioned that there's these Transformer games that have been... Well, oddly enough, Activision has been thinking the same thing. Like, what the hell is up with those... Hasbro. Well, Hasbro has been thinking, like, what is up with those Transformer games that we worked on all these years ago? Yeah, because Hasbro owns the rights to them. Right. Hasbro can do whatever they want with them, basically. Right. And people are begging Hasbro to, like, put these games back out, and it's like, look, bro, it's not us. It's Mm -hmm. them, meaning Activision. Activision cannot find the hard drives that have the final code of the games. Yeah, they seem... They don't know where the hard drives with uh, War for Cybertron and Fall of Cybertron are. Yeah. Um... Now, Hasbro believes that they will be found as all their assets are sifted through because of the the, the merger, the, the, merger, the acquisition. The acquisition. Um, and when they do, Hasbro has apparently told Microsoft, like, when you find those, let us know because we want to put them on Game Pass. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure Microsoft will be fine with that. Yeah. Um, we may also be seeing, like, they want to really do more Transformer. They, they talked about this in interviews at, uh, at, San Diego, at Comic-Con. How they really want to do more, um, bring like do basically, yeah, archive these games better. Because um, one of their one of the series they have is um, it's called Studio Series and the toys, and they, it started as like really accurate versions of the Michael Bay movie characters, mm-hmm. and they've started to run out of those characters, so they shifted to Studio, meaning kind of anything. So Studio, they did eighty six ones for the eighty six cartoon movie, which have been great, and then this year they shifted to Gamer Edition, which are they so far have been from this game from war for cybertron mm-hmm. um and um they because they realize that studio means anything basically. right and so now they're talking about like we're, we want to do things from like the old n64 and ps1 games because that's a way to get there's versions of the beast wars characters that like the main line doesn't want to do but they're like we can do those char- those characters because they were in this game we just call it a gamer edition and that's how they end run around that problem yeah and they're talking about doing maybe uh 
pixel versions, uh, redecos from like the NES, like the Famicom games oh, back then. And they want to they want to like have those games out. They want to do uh, stuff from Devastation. They want to do like tune shaded versions from Devastation and stuff. And they want to bring all those games back to like as you know you buy the figure now you can go play the game kind of mm, thing like I so see. they so they want to like be better about having transformers games just available well, even the platinum game uh, transformers devastation apparently that game is already like out there and like nobody can figure out where the archive of that game is from platinum yeah like well that was that was also activision i believe wasn't it was it I don't remember, actually. I know it was a... Wasn't it a Nintendo exclusive? No. I thought it was. I have that on PlayStation. I think... Wasn't it at first, like, a timed exclusive? No. no. I thought it was. No. Because um, I would have it on whatever it launched on, and I had it on true. PlayStation. That's true. But, I mean, sorting through our B-roll that we have on the TriCaster, like, it was kind of disheartening to see, like, the Transformers games that we've been forced to play for the last however long. Um, it's been a long time since we've had a really good Transformers video game. I mean, Fall of Cybertron was yeah. the last one. That's the last I one. I know people like Devastation, but I was not particularly impressed no. by it. No. I mean, I love the look. <laughs> I like that they got all the voice actors together, and they did like a lo- like it's like a, a lost episode of the cartoon almost, but I don't like the game. Part. I liked the concept behind the game. Yeah, the actual absolutely. execution of the game? No. No. Not into it. It didn't It's, it's just a giant... It's a giant repetitive button masher. Button ma- it's, it's a, I mean, it's a Devil May Cry like kind of character action game, but it do, that I don't find that to mesh with the Transformers concept well at all. No, I agree. and it was incredibly repetitive and grindy, and like the to upgrade stuff, expect you to play through the game over and over and over and over and over. And I'm just like, no, like Fall of Cybertron is what it should be: cinematic action, mm-hmm. like big crazy set pieces, yeah, like that. That's Transformers. Fall, Fall that's Cybertron is the best Transformers game ever made by a wide yeah. wide margin. Erebus says, I kind of call BS on this story slightly. We know Microsoft can do backwards compatibility, including the frame rate and resol- resolution buff, without access to the code. So something else is keeping these games off as well. No, it's not. That's, I mean, yeah, you can do backwards comp- You can. I have those games on Xbox, because you can still download them and play them. I can still download them and play them on Steam, backwards compatibility. But they're talking about the source codes lost. Like you can't re-release them for sale if and or remaster them or, or anything yeah. like that if you don't have the source code. Right? Yeah, we're not talking about playing them. Yeah. Like we're talking about being able to sell these so a new generation of people can play these games. Yeah, they've lost play. the source codes right. to, the, to the game. It was they were on hard drives and Activision doesn't know where the hard drives are, which and is just insane. Presumably, the they are not the only ones. Hasbro is just the only one who has talked about it publicly now. That's like, crazy so that I'm, Activision doesn't know where the source code is for yeah. a game that probably costs like twenty million dollars to make. Like, Act- Act- I mean, Activision's always been a that's bonkers. Show. I bet you they don't know where a bunch of those stars, those Spider-Man games. I are. bet I agree with you now. Finding out about this, I completely agree. You with want you. to know why there's no remasters of X-Men Legends? I mean, I'll be honest with you. you. You've been there. That old Activision office over on Ocean oh, Park, which is literally like two blocks from where it's like I live, being in somebody's old closet. I mean, it, I'm. Having been at Activision's headquarters... Yeah, Erebus Jones, having the version of the game to download is not the same thing as having the source code. But you still need the source code for people to download it as well. But you have the finished Goldmaster, or whatever the final version is. That's what's up to download on Steam and, and Xbox. But you, you can only play that on old platforms, though. Well, you can, you can play... I can play that on my PC on right Xbox. now. I can play it yeah. on my Xbox backwards compatible, no problem. Yeah. Uh, you can play it on PS4. I don't think PS5 does that. Mm-hmm. Um... But it could, but I don't think Sony cares. Yeah. Um, but like, no, like the source code is a different beast. Source mm-hmm. code is is you can access stuff you cannot on a retail copy. I mean, they have you know retail versions of the thing are everywhere. It's, it's like 
That's yeah, I mean, like, I have that disc at home. Yeah, it's like <laughs> it's like it's, it's like how Panzer yeah. Dragoon Saga's source code is lost. I have yeah. a copy of Panzer Dragoon Saga downstairs. That, that doesn't, doesn't help solve Sega the problem. Solve yeah. that problem. Like yeah. you'd have to reverse engineer the whole thing, right? Yeah, which is a nightmare. So and no one's going to spend the money to do that for Fall of Cybertron, no matter how good it is. So the only hope of seeing that get a modern update or really like any kind of archiving of of it in a, in a, in any way that matters is to find that hard drive. Yeah, the dearth of quality Transformers games continues, by the way, because just a few weeks ago a new game was announced starring bumblebee that literally looks like an indie game Mm -hmm. a low budget like i don't know this license to me should be a license to print money but for whatever reason it's just falling by the wayside and no one can seem to make a decent game around it um Um, it's it's hard they don't invest the money in it they don't want to invest the money in it they there is i mean it's a limited license it is a limited appeal license let's be honest especially Mm -hmm. because like you know, Do you think the, so? With the movies as popular as they are, it's limited appeal because you can't make something that appeals to everybody. Yeah, that's the thing. Is like even the Transformers fans are kind of split, right? Yeah, I mean, you've got people that got into it through the Bay movies, and you got people that got into it in the original G One, like I did. You got people who came in through Beast Wars. You got people mm-hmm. who came in through Armada. And, you know, the people who were like eight when Armada and Energon and Cybertron, the Unicron trilogy, as you call it, came out. Those people are twenty eight now. Yeah. Like yeah, it's true. That's hard to believe, but you're right. They're, they're ma- like the current line is making high end versions of characters from the Transformers shows are airing when we worked at Tech TV because those kids are the age for nostalgia cash in now. Like this uh, CG trailer is awesome, by the way. Yeah, this it is really is trailer. amazing. <laughs> it's got all the big players in it. These games were very good, and I think these games did came the closest to sort of hitting a happy medium that everybody who likes Transformers could kind of agree was good. Agree. Yeah, and I, I will agree also totally. I will also note that the animated movie coming next year, Transformers One, is pretty much this story with the subsequent storytelling from the IDW comics mixed in. It's about the beginning of the war, and it's going to focus on Optimus Prime, who was then Orion Pax, and Megatron, who was then called D sixteen, a mining robot, mm-hmm. and how they. They were friends before yeah. the, before the war broke out, and they're going to focus on all that. Cool, um, which is a very interesting story, and I'm interested to see how they do it. And Scarlett Johansson is going to be Alita One, which is like that's okay. weird. That's like, <laughs> I'll take it though. I'm not going to complain about anything with Scarlett Johansson in it. <laughs> so uh, yeah, Chris Hemsworth is uh, is Ryan Pax, and apparently will sort of apparently when he becomes Optimus Prime, the voice his voice will change, or there's rumors that Peter Cullen will voice him at the end of the movie or something. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that is a good. It would be a good time to, I guarantee you, that's one of the reasons they're talking about those games specifically, is because the time to bring them back in some remastered or nice new edition is when that movie comes out, because it's about the beginnings of the war on Cybertron. Mm. So okay. that, I imagine that is why that came up in the first place in, in talks with Activision. Gotcha. Uh, another smaller story from this week. Xbox is releasing, well, it's not really releasing. It is putting up for a contest a pizza-scented controller. as nope. prom- <laughs> no, as, thank you. <laughs> as promotion for the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. And you can't buy it. They're only going to be given away via sweepstakes. That I, is something. That's, that's a threat. If you <laughs> if you get a hold of one of those, though, Do that not will open be, it for no. a number of reasons. But the biggest being that it will be worth more money than you can even fathom someday. Like yeah, ridiculous. It it is ridiculous. And but all it just reminds me. You remember remember back in the day when they made the uh, action figures that smelled like things? I don't actually. That was uh, maybe you were a little old, but like for that. But uh, no, they that most. I mean, they did strawberry shortcake and things like that. Things mm-hmm. that smelled like fruit or whatever. But then they tried to move that into the boys' space, so to speak. And Master of the Universe had a couple. They had Moss Man who smelled <laughs> like pine. 
my, I think my aunt got that for me or something for for Christmas oh, really? once, and my mom was not happy about it. <laughs> and then there was Stinkor, who was a skunk who smelled like a skunk, and like that was that was the that they're called peg warmers, uh, toy specific figures. They just sit there and no one buys them. Stinkor was the masters of the universe peg warmer because nobody wanted a fucking action figure that smelled like a skunk in their house. Yeah. <laughs> Do they still make scratch and sniff stickers? Yeah, you can still find that. That was a big thing when I was a young lad. Yeah. Um, but I've never had, like, Smell-O-Vision for anything. Smell-O-Vision is not really something anyone wants. I promise you. Even the mo- even your favorite movies, you don't want to smell what that smells like. Sometimes, like, some smells, I think, could be effective. Like, if there's a big battle and you can smell, like, gunpowder. Mm-hmm. Like, stuff like that might be effective. But you're right. Generally, like, I don't want to, like, Smell-O-Vision for a horror movie or a horror no. game. Like. Well, just about anything. <laughs> like, or, you're right. I Ultimately, want, I don't need to smell what Star Wars smells like. I don't yeah. want to know what that cantina smells like. <laughs> Do you think there's any sense or sensory sensation that humans get that can still be incorporated into games? Smelling, obviously. I mean, you could, but I don't think you'd want. Most people would want to. Because you'd have to, if you want to do smell vision right, you'd have to create. A peripheral that does it, but then you'd also have to create the smells, like drops right. or something that you would drop. Yeah, into it would have it to be a whole thing before like a, you play. Be a, a fan system. It would be so annoying. Be very involved. You could do it maybe in a theater though, if you really wanted to set it up. Yeah, it, it seems it, a little more happened. feasible. I mean, Disney does that on like Soarin' over California, Soarin' over the world. They they blow, blow scents at you. They do actually. I mean, right. hell, they do that on the Incredicoaster. They blow a uh, cookie smell when they try to tempt to Jack Jack back. Oh, with really? a cookie. You can smell cookies. Oh, yeah. I don't remember that actually. It's right at the top of the second hill, and, the, and he's like cookie. Cookie, and you can you can smell it. Really? Yeah. I never noticed that. And same with um, what was it? Uh, Haunted Mansion at the the Nightmare Before Christmas, the night the Christmas version. Yeah. When you go by the ballroom, they have a gingerbread house, and you smell gingerbread. Uh-huh. Matt, I just saw that some company is trying to revive the ballistic vest for gaming. Oh, for God's sake! Like some other company has bought. I don't know if they bought the patent for it or whatever, <laughs> but they're trying trying to bring it back around. And I think it's for Assassin's Creed, actually. Yeah, I, yeah, I think that was the game. Really, I mean. I, I, Do you think I, that's feasible? I mean, it, it's feasible, but who fucking wants that? Yeah, like, who wants I, to strap on a bulletproof yeah. vest to play video games? I did that. I mean, I did, I did a segment on that and tried it. We, that was why Blair Herter and I went to E for All. That oh, one right. year was because they had the go, vest. They had the vest. That was the re, that was the segment we were there to shoot. <laughs> and then the rest of the stuff we were, we were there, like just go get do that segment and find like, something. I think else. Wade was literally like our, our the showrunner was like um, literally like just go and when the other people. At the at E for all, see that you're there with a camera. They will just come to you. And yeah. he was right. Like all we had to do was stand in the middle of E for all, and people just came. Was like, would you like to shoot our thing? Like, Please. Yeah. You're the and only I mean, one look, with the camera. And look, the vest worked. Like it, yeah. it was. It, it was very convincing. Yeah. It, it was. Yeah. It gets really heavy. But it's also like, why? Well, they gave us like three of them. And we tried them anything. for like the first week that we had them, and then they just sat in like the right because it's just what's the point? Yeah. And like and also like. It's. I mean, to me, it's like rumble. It's like I don't find ru- rumble all that useful either because it's just like all you like you, all you're doing is reminding me that I'm not in the game. <laughs> all that kind of thing does. Wait, look, is you break said you were playing Pikmin and you hadn't even noticed the little ticking feel yeah. when the Pikmin were jumping back on because I've trained myself to just ignore vibration <laughs> for the most part. Because to your point, you're like you said, it tips you off that it's not real, but there are some cases where you don't even notice it. Which also doesn't matter. <laughs> Dude, it doesn't like, accomplish the mission, yeah. I mean, at least I didn't have to pay extra for it. I, I mean, mean, I do think to a certain extent the idea of the rumble is to not notice it. To just sink you into the game so much that you're just in the game. And you're not thinking about the rumble, you're not thinking about the audio, you're not thinking about the graphics. Yeah, you're I, just in there. I guarantee you if you turn the rumble off on a game, I will never notice that it's off. I mean, I do turn it off for competitive games. 
mm. because it can be distracting. And especially with the PlayStation 5 DualSense, like for shooters, it'll make it harder oh, to squeeze the that, trigger. Yeah, the haptic feedback thing is... I just turn that off for... Yeah, I would definitely turn that off for com- for competition with people. Yeah, for sure. Um, but even Rumble in like fighting games, I turn it off for that too. Anything where I need precision control, oh, I, don't, I, I don't cut it that. out. Actually, I don't even... Is there Rumble on Street Fighter 6? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't even know I <laughs> you don't notice literally it. don't notice it <laughs> we have become a little bit numb uh, but anyway if you're interested in smell vision this is one of your last opportunities but you do have to enter some crazy sweepstakes around the film in order to get it good luck if you do get one let us know and maybe we'll bring you on game face to show it off um but again you probably shouldn't open it <laughs> i'm just gonna put it out there right now yeah not even for a value issue you no. shouldn't open it for the just sake of period other, for the sake of the other people in your house <laughs> exactly uh let's see we got an update to nintendo switch online this week the zelda oracle of ages oracle of seasons tandem is coming to nintendo switch online in fact it's there it's already, already there. Yeah, yeah it launched already um, what are your recollections of these games? I liked these games, as I remember. I remember I liked Ages a lot. Was it eight? No, I remember I liked Seasons a lot more than Ages. Mm. I thought Ages was a little obtuse in places. In I seasons. played one of them. I think it was Oracle of Ages. Didn't finish it and never even tried the other one. I honestly didn't think this was a very good Zelda. I don't know. For whatever reason, it didn't connect with me. Seasons was good. Se- seasons was a little more coherent. I thought Ages Ages does as the time travel thing, and it, it gets a little... D- disconnected yeah actually. i got lost i just it just and for whatever are, reason if i remember right these are the first ones by capcom yep like this was like a, the first time they'd farmed out zelda anybody yep. um they're pretty i thought they're pretty good I, I, I don't dislike i mean ages is i would definitely say start with seasons um and if you and also because there it's like if whichever one you complete first you then get a thing you can plug into the second game and it affects what happened in the first game affects what happens in the other game. I wonder if that cool. feature will carry over for Nintendo Switch Online. It does. It's just a code. Oh, it does? Yeah. So they you just give you a code. You just get a code, you and just you get a code punch it from, from one, and you put it into the gotcha. next one when you start gotcha. the game. Um, but if you are a subscriber to Nintendo Switch Online, both these games are available yeah. for these are de- part of your definitely worth playing or trying. I mean, yeah, they're not yeah. bad games. Yeah. They just... It was like, I, pl- I tried to play one of them, I w- it was just for fun, I had other games I needed to play for work, and it just got lost in the shuffle and I never went back. Mm-hmm. And then because of that, when the next one came out, I was like, eh, and I just never played it. I do think I have... Well, they both came out at the same time. Oh, they did? Yeah, they were they were. I they thought were they came out staggered. No, they were no, paired they were, together, they were the same like day. Pokemon. Yeah. I do think I have the Game Boy carts. For, yeah, I still have the game. For at least person. one of those. Yeah, I still yeah. have both of them. I have every Zelda game oh, really? somewhere. Physical versions yeah, of each one? Yeah, I think one? so. Maybe I don't have Adventure of Link. Tears of, you mean new ones like Tears of the Kingdom? You have physical of that? No. No? No. I what do. about Breath of the Wild? Breath of the Wild I do. I, do. I have a collector's edition of that. Yeah, I just I just bought it in physical version for whatever reason. But Tears of the Kingdom, they sent me code. They, no, Nintendo sent me the physical version for Breath of the Wild. Mm, and now they just all sent out codes. Yeah. I couldn't get the collector's edition of Tears of the Kingdom, and I decided I didn't care. Mm-hmm. And so I just... Gave up. I just got the digital. All right. Uh, so anyway, those are up on Nintendo Switch Online. If you are subscribing there, you can play them for free. Um, next up, we're starting to hear some rumblings about the next Smash Brothers. Um, Sakurai, who is the figurehead behind the Smash Brothers franchise, he does his own little YouTube show where he talks about game development. Um, and so you can always keep in touch with him. If you want to, when he's not working on Smash Brothers. And right now, he's not working on Smash Brothers. Uh, But this week, he made a statement. He basically said, I don't know what would happen to Smash Brothers if I weren't involved. And there have been these rumors swirling around that he's leaving. Mm -hmm. Like, the development of the last game, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, people kind of thought that was it. 
that he was once that game was done, he was leaving the franchise. He wasn't coming back. He's kind of opened the door now, though, because he said, like, I don't think they can make it without me. And I'm it makes me nervous to think of them making it without me. First of all, Matt, do you think they could make it without him? Um, I mean, I don't know enough about who's in in the, you know, the, the second tier of leadership and development there. I mean, if not, I, that to me feels like kind of a failure of leadership on his right. part, because you should be training people Somebody. And, and leading. You know, you should have if you're that integral to this sort of hyper mega you know billion dollar franchise, let's be honest, you should be training at least one protege to take over for you. Not even if you're just like want to retire, but in case you don't want to do this for the rest of your career. Some managers intentionally like he doesn't. Some managers don't do that intentionally to protect their jobs. Yeah. I feel like Sakurai didn't have to worry about that. I mean, he doesn't have to worry about protecting a job period. He's wealthy beyond his wildest imagination. Like, well, he does work for Nintendo, which which is notoriously low paying, but Sakurai, I think it's okay. I I would think that he would, I would hope that he would be okay. If not, he probably should move on at this point. If you're making a game that's selling as many copies as Smash Brothers and Nintendo was taking care of you, maybe it is time to move on. Um, the question I asked you, could Nintendo make it without him? I absolutely think Nintendo could make it without him. Like, what? I mean, the uh, internet seems to estimate that he's worth about $10 million. That's pretty good. Not nothing, but also like how much of that is like his house. Right. Well, that you know? she should be worth more than that. Let's be honest. Yeah. I mean, this franchise is made probably yeah, like three billion dollars, yeah. <laughs> and he got ten million of it. Yeah, he's been doing this <laughs> since the nineties. Um, and then Kevin Rafa asked, "What would the next game even be?" And that's a good point because yeah, it's, it's just starting over to sell. You, it'd be the Sims. You're starting over on the next console to save sell you all the same shit again. Yeah. I mean, that's all it could be. I mean, I saw a, a thing on Twitter. It was like, who are the rising stars of Nintendo now that could be in the new Smash Brothers? I'm like, nobody. nobody. Like, who's because they're already in. I mean, I, obviously, you'd switch the Zelda characters over to the Tears of the Kingdom versions, but like, what? What else? What else? I mean, I guess yeah. Xenoblade Three. Like, what? Like, what else has happened? There haven't been any new characters, and all like the latest stuff, like Splatoon, it's already in Smash. Like, that's one of Nintendo's most recent franchises that people would actually care about, and they're already in the game. So. I don't. I agree, Kevin Roth. I think you're right. It's like, what is next for this franchise? What do you do with it? I don't know. You can't just add more characters. You've already added them all. Yeah. They're literally all in Smash Brothers Ultimate, and some that aren't even Nintendo characters. Tons that aren't Nintendo. I characters. mean, you could add like skin, like costumes or skins for like the you know Super Mario movie Super or Mario, Tears of the Kingdom, Super Mario Wonder, Tears of the Kingdom, Fire Emblem Engage, um, uh, Pikmin Four. Like you know, I create your own. Space alien guy mm-hmm. kind of thing. I, I, I don't know. Like, what's left? It, it is a, a good question, honestly. I mean, they need to redo the assets for 4K? I guess. That's it, maybe? If the next system can even do <laughs> that? Which I'm really starting to wonder if that's the case. But, yeah, I don't know. That's a good question, Kevin. What do they do with the next yeah. Smash Brothers? I mean, I would just keep porting this one forward. Right. Frankly. Like, right. I mean, it's just a great game. Literally just put put Ultimate on the Switch 2 or whatever it ends up being with, you know, Tears of the King, you know, updated costumes and stuff for for whatever. And there you go. Yeah. You know, like, I, I struggle to see what I mean, it's called Ultimate for a reason. Exactly. Yeah. And I think he thought it was going to be the last Smash I think Brothers. That, <laughs> I mean, there really, when when it came out, there was definitely seemed to be a feeling of just like, this is it. it. This like, is the last one. You're not one. doing this again. You're not have to buy it again. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. He was just like, all right, last time. This is your brain on drugs. So in that case, because it is kind of hard to figure out what they would do next, maybe they do need Sakurai to make it because they need his creativity to come up with the idea, the spark 
that'll make people buy it again. I mean, Smash Brothers will make people buy it again. But I mean, you know, the thing that'll make people buy it again is just Smash Brothers on the right cover. <laughs> on the cover. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I mean, maybe the most interesting thing of all, Matt, is As that always, they have- Kirby cannot be defeated. <laughs> Infinite <laughs> power. Right. Maybe the most interesting thing of all is that they haven't started working on it yet. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I mean, that means it's not coming anytime soon. These games generally take two to three years to develop. Just port this thing up. Just port Ultimate to the next system and call it I mean, it isn't that what Nintendo does anyway? Pretty much. Sells the same game again for the state for more money? Yeah, here's the same game again with, like, slightly... You know, it was a Some sequel. tweaks here it's and the there. same game with, like, an annoying extra system grafted right. onto it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if it's a retro game, it's like, yeah, here's the game for almost what you paid for it 30 years ago. Delfino says, let Sakurai work on a new franchise or a Kid Icarus game. Um, they're Shneaky never touching says 4K, Kid. Shane is such a comedian. They're never touching Kid Icarus again. <laughs> it really doesn't seem like it. Yeah, um, that, that game. I mean, that, the game was good. Uprising was good, but it did not sell. Yeah. Um, Cinetike says just port it to the new console, improve the graphics a bit, yeah. and people will buy it all the same. I mean, you're probably right. <laughs> um, I mean, the one thing they could do is they could add more third-party characters to it. Yeah, I mean, you, like I said, that's I, always an endless well to Xenoblade draw from. Three yeah. is like really the only new <laughs> set of characters you got. Yeah, um, I mean, they could add new the new Pikmin, the Glow Pikmin. Yeah, stuff I, like that. But otherwise, like it really, I really Pokemon, struggle. Yeah, if there's anyone, you know, I guess anything the that really hits. kid on the on the motorcycle Pokemon. But a lot of like, them yeah, support characters. If you had a anyway. full character, like you're talking about rebalancing everything and making sure that character works against all the other characters, like that's a massive undertaking. Just adding yeah. one character is yeah. a lot of work. It is, and then everybody's going to whine that it's unbalanced or right. this, that, that, this. It's like it's not even worth it. Yeah, you're probably right. It's probably just not. throw costumes in for the rest of the, the forever and yeah. update it and call it a day until until something happens. You know, that, like, really you can't update this thing to work on, you know, 8K 3D brain dance displays yeah. or some shit. You know, like, whatever. <laughs> I think the big news here, though, really, oh, is that there's no new Smash Brothers coming soon. Like, not a new one. Yeah, I mean, if anyone thought there was, I'm surprised by yeah. that. I mean, it's there's no indication that they're ever doing this again. Yeah. Yep. Even according to Sakurai, it seemed like it was dicey. So we'll see. Uh, next up, we got some interesting data from Twitch this week, Matt, that I was kind of surprised by. But living in America where capitalism reigns, maybe I shouldn't be. And that is that on Twitch, the top one half percent of streamers generates 76 percent of all views. Yeah. That's insane. Little top heavy. Why do you? Th- I mean, that's beyond capitalism. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's crazy data. I mean, that's just the people that are on top of the game it, on Twitch are so popular in a way that just no one else is. And Matt, what I don't get is like, I check them out and I'm like, why? Why are those people, this very small set of streamers, why are they popular? They're not charismatic. They're not funny. Some of them look a little different, but like I don't, know. I don't, I don't even get it. I don't even know who you're talking about. Right? Like, like who are they? Like yeah. when I jump around on streams, like on the weekend, and it's always the most popular people are on the home, and that really is what I think is causing it. Mm. Is it just organically Twitch is putting the most popular streamers on the home page, and so you're just going to keep going to those people? I think that helps a yeah. lot. I mean, the critical mass is a thing there. Sure, it is. Like PewDiePie was always, you know. Who's the most popular guy? I'll watch him. You know, yeah. There's a lot of that. Because you ask people, like, why are people popular streamers? They'll be like, because they stream every day. It's like, no, 
That's not why. You have to do that if you yeah. want to be popular, but that's not why. everybody's doing that. Everybody's doing that. The people who have three people watching their streams are streaming every day. That's the only way you have any sort of a mm -hmm. chance. I have really struggled to figure out, like, at least, like, Dr. Disrespect, total douchebag, but at least he has, like, a shtick. Like, I get <laughs> him. He wears the wig and the fake mustache. He's different than a lot of other people on there. The other big streamers on there, I don't get it. Now, some of them... They're just yes. really good at the game yes, they're yes. playing. Yes, ice cream so good. I mean, some of them. Have you not seen this, the TikTok thing? Uh uh. You missed the whole ice cream so good thing? Yeah, I did. It's the NPC grift. No. no. It's huh. like, this is more of a TikTok thing, but it's people, it's like usually like attractive women sitting there and they're just reacting to the chat, putting in like, like votes or, or, or donations or whatever. And she's like, mm, yes, ha, ha, ha. Oh, it's TikTok. Oh, ice cream. So good. Like, a, and it's it, like, they're behaving like it's, it's almost like they're called NPC. It's called NPC behavior or something like that. It's basically like, like it's though you're interacting and hitting the button with an NPC in an RPG constantly. And they're just saying the same four lines over and over People again. enjoy that there's, there's one, they yeah, they, inter they interviewed one of these girls. She makes $6,000 a week doing that. So the people are pressing buttons and the it's button like, prompts are popping uh, up for her to tell yeah, her so what she to reacts say and do? to the things that are popping up on the chat. So does I'm she like repeat this. the same animation every oh, yeah. time and everything? Oh, yeah. Like she, it's, it's like watching a mime <laughs> performance almost. It's amazing. I'll send it to you after the show. It's, wow. But like tons I of totally people do that. it. It's like, it's like a big thing. And like it's like what the, it's like what the like Gen Alpha is watching. Not Gen Z. Gen Alpha after that. And like, like my nephew. Yeah. It's, it's like it, watch when you're talking when you're talking stuff. about all this. Like, oh, it's just noises all the time. That's it. That's uh, what that is. I bet you that's what that is. Interesting. Um, no thanks. <laughs> but like people want me to show it to you live so they can see your reaction. To it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> this is you keep, keep talking about Twitch. I'll find yeah. it. Yeah. Um, Cinetai says vapid, mindless stuff. I mean, that's how I feel. Like the stuff that my nephew was watching on YouTube, I was like, what are you doing? You're rotting your brain. And I realized that my we go. parents probably told me I was rotting my brain with whatever I was playing, but I was just like, what are you doing? <laughs> Did you find some? Uh, almost. <laughs> Look, there are some streamers that are popular on Twitch because they're really good at the games they play. That part, I totally get. Because if you're watching, you want to improve. You want to learn how to get better. I totally get that part. It's just the Joe Blow streamer who jumps from one game to the next every month trying to find the hot one that always has like 100,000 people watching their streams. Like I go and watch and I'm like, why? Why this person? versus somebody else, I it's a conundrum to me. I can't really figure out why certain people hit on Twitch while others don't. And Matt, I'll say one thing, like, at least for the guys, like, I don't think it has anything to do with their appearance mostly. Like Dr. Disrespect is an anomaly. He mm -hmm. wears a costume when he streams. But like I don't think that like it's just attractive people that people are following. Like I've seen people from every walk of life with big crowds on Twitch. And I just I can't figure out what the secret sauce to it is, and nobody else can either. Because 0.5% is getting all the views. Nobody can figure it out. It's really bizarre to me anyway what it takes for to build a big audience on Twitch. Like we've just been at it for like seven or eight years now and it's just slowly built. Um, but I don't know what it takes to get from like what we're doing to tens of thousands of people showing up to every stream. Like Oh my god. That's it. Hours. Hours of that. That's all it is. 
<laughs> Matt, what has happened to our society? I mean, I don't begrudge her for doing it. If you figured out that you can do something that stupid and make $6,000 a week, go for it. Mm -hmm. It's the people that are giving them the money. For what? I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't have an what answer for you. What are they getting out of it? I don't know. I don't have an answer for you for that one. <laughs> Holy moly, man. <laughs> By the way, I'm not a boomer. No, I, I feel like, we're Gen X. I feel like not, anybody. Boom, I mean, boomer just means anyone too who's old older than thirty. Anything. Yeah, no, just, <laughs> I've seen Gen Z people called boomers because oh, it's like, it's they like don't any, get something. Anyone who has has a reaction to something of like what you know, I don't understand it. I don't understand it, or I think that's too dumb, or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's the same. But yeah, we are not. We're not. Matt we're, and we're I, our parents are the boomers, and they're even yeah. kind of borderline. My really dad are, wasn't. My dad was silent generation. Yeah, our grandparents were really the boomers. But anyway. No, my grandparents. Wow. My grandparents were even older than that. No, yeah. my my dad was silent generation. My mom's a boomer. No, but, there's, uh, there's that line like right in there. After World War II, my dad was born during World War II. Yeah, yep. So anyway, that's insane. <laughs> that's just mm -hmm. insane, dude. That people pay money for that. Yep. I wouldn't want to do that job either. Even for six thousand dollars a week, I would be like, man. No, that's a hard thing to look at. Look in the mirror after after. It's not even so. just that. It's just inane. Yeah. It's like it's like working on an assembly line. It's like that much fun <laughs> doing it. Like, mm -hmm. wow, I had not seen that at all. So there but you go. Although you could always calculate how much money you make every time you say, mmm, ice cream's so good, and that'll probably make it a lot easier. Because <laughs> she's probably making somewhere in the neighborhood of, of actual, literal numbers of actual dollars every yeah. time she says that. Are they targeting specific games? The viewers, I mean. Are there only certain... Things that they want the NPCs to do? She only has a set number of things she says, yeah, as far as I know. <laughs> I do not know what determines that. Interesting. Or I wonder what, if everybody knows arrived. about this. Oh, yeah. It's been, it's been in the news. Like there were, I just I pulled that link up from a Forbes article, dude. Like it, it, It's been like the biggest <laughs> like weird meme thing for the last week. Oh, uh, it's just been like the last week it's blown up? It, it's blown up in the sense the mainstream discovered it. Figured it yeah, out. It's been going on for a long time, but it's the first time we, we've heard of it. The normies found it. <laughs> it's you know? nuts. Okay. Well, why do you think... Call of Duty 1 makes a fine point. I do a lot of things for 6K a week. <laughs> so, yeah. Like. Um... What, why do you think such a small percentage of streamers are carrying all the weight on Twitch? I think that's just how it is. Like, like I think there's there's a there's a critical mass element to them where it's like, yeah, that, that top tier is just so much bigger than everything else, and like those people would not watch someone else. They would not distribute if you took those those top tiers away. I don't think they'd like redistribute through the rest of Twitch. They just stop viewing Twitch. They just wouldn't be watching. Wow. Yeah, I think that's the problem. That's crazy. That's, that's even crazier data. Uh, so anyway, just something interesting about Twitch that I think a lot of people probably didn't realize is that like a very small percentage of streamers. And I'm, like, I'm sorry yeah. if you're like a, an aspiring streamer on Twitch. That has to be some of the most I mean, disheartening information I mean, you, you could find, ever get. If you find the right niche for things, the like what was it? I think it was an old stat from like 2021. It's different, a little different now, but they still used it in at Comic Con. Uh, Dark Horse Comics said. That manga, like published, you know, physical, like paperback manga, is one percent of their publishing out output. It is sixty-six percent of their revenue. Wow, 
That doesn't surprise me. It's huge. My nephew is here. He went and bought manga because oh, he's yeah. like where he lives. He can't go buy it. Well, look how big the that section is at Barnes and Noble. Yeah, like, it's bigger than everything. Else. I was trying to explain <laughs> to someone who's a younger person. I was trying to explain to them like, like when I was growing up, that you couldn't get that in right. England. It didn't exist. Like, right. like you could get like Akira in a premium format. You could get like Ghost in the Shell in a mm. premium format. I think there was some some of the more like popular Rumiko Takahashi, like Ranma, I think they had like like Viz eventually showed yeah. up and started playing that. But like the idea that you could go to a normal bookstore and there would just be shelves and shelves and shelves and shelves of manga that I still I still go in a Barnes and almost like what a, <laughs> wow. what a time to be alive what an amazing development well my nephew happen. lives in the middle I, of nowhere I would have been in paradise it's all about the internet dude that. it's like my nephew yeah. lives in the middle of nowhere but he has the internet and that's where he discovered manga and he mm-hmm. loves it well and, also like the whole I mean I was in an anime growing up just mm-hmm. from like Robotech and like things like that and I found would leak, seek it out my friend you, know, you knew Miguel we would go to we would go to um you know my friend Miguel and I would go to Japan, Japan video up in Japan, in Japantown in San Francisco, and we would rent like unsubtitled like stuff that just came out in Japan to watch it that way. And nowadays, like you know, like how big because you don't have to do that. Dragon Ball Z, <laughs> Dragon Ball Z, <laughs> yeah. and a bunch of stuff that aired you know, on American TV in the late '90s. Obviously, they were behind the curve because that was a ten-something-year-old show at the time. Mm-hmm. But like, it's so it's completely different now. You do not have to explain to anyone what anime is under a certain oh, yeah, age. Even my mom knows what it is. Yeah. It's remarkable. I mean, it's great. Like, it's cool. I'm not. I haven't bothered with much anime anything since about the year 2000. But like, um, it's it's the the change in that is amazing and how quickly it happened is yeah. remarkable. And like, that's sort of what I'm talking about with the Twitch thing. It's like if you hit critical mass with some of this stuff with that particular audience, that audience that gets obsessed, it's a snowball it rolling just, downhill. You can't stop it. Yeah. No, you don't want to stop. Because it's hell no, <laughs> hell no. Uh, okay, uh, going back to Japan, we got some information on Final Fantasy 14 this week. The big news, probably, I think, for a lot of people, is that it's finally coming to Xbox. However, it's not coming until next summer, and alongside its Xbox launch, they're also completely redoing the graphics engine for Final Fantasy 14 for an expansion called Dawn Trail. Can I jump back in, Matt? Maybe. It looks. It looks very nice. Stunning. Like for I mean, an looks, MMO. I mean, it looks pretty good already. Does like, it? When I'm, pl- I'm playing the game, yeah, it looks, looks good. I mean, for what it is. I mean, this is looks as good as Final Fantasy 16, but it's an MMO. I mean, usually MMOs, you just assume that they're just going to be a cut below other games graphically, but not this one. I mean, look well, at the detail in the character model. Game? It's supposed to be, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it's incredible. I mean, I mean, it's definitely an upgrade. Yeah, like a huge upgrade. Actually, actually kind of makes me want to wait to play <laughs> right, again until, to dive they, until they finish the revamp. Well, I think also this expansion, Dawn Tale, is going to be like huge. Yeah. Like it's going to be one of the earth shaking like expansions that, you know, fans of the uh, of the game will be waiting with bated breath for the next 12 months for. Uh, but about a year from now, they're going to completely revamp the graphics, release it on Xbox and release this big expansion. Um, and, you know. A new dawn for Final Fantasy fourteen. I don't understand why more MMOs don't do this more often. They don't have that kind of money. Yeah, is that really what it comes down to? A lot. Of, yeah, like it's like it's like Swotor. Like just coast, coast, Swotor just basically makes more than it costs to maintain it at mm-hmm. this point. And like if you decided to do another big expansion, um, you might tip that balance, and it would no longer be. I mean it. <laughs> A lot of these MMOs are not to go all Star Wars again, but I, in Empire Strikes Back, Lando is asked about the Empire at Cloud City, and he's like, 
He's like, we're small. We, you know, we're small enough not to be noticed. Mm-hmm. And a lot of MMOs are like that. Kind of like, like streamers on Twitch. <laughs> like they, they make just enough money to to justify their existence, and that's it. Uh, Vincent says there's an update in the Transformer story that Activision's CEO, CCO, Chief Content Officer, I guess that is, Chief Creative Officer, Creative probably. Officer, um, that the code was never lost, and Axios got Hasbro on record saying it misspoke. So mm. it is now recanted. That story Hasbro has saying that it was lost. All right, I find that a little hard to believe, but okay. Yeah, that's that's, that's a pretty big misspeak. <laughs> that's a pretty. Yeah. I have a feeling that like somebody at Activision said we can't find it. Yeah, and, and somebody at Activision said like that is not public info. Right, and they're like yeah. you shouldn't have said that yeah. in public. So we need you to go back and say you you misspoke, and we're going to correct it. On the plus side, someone will probably find that hard. That's right. Now exactly. So ultimately, we got what we wanted, right? <laughs> It all all's well that ends well. Um, El Guapo asks, "Is there any other game as dramatic a glow up as Final Fantasy XIV? No Man's Sky is the closest. I'm thinking it's up there. I mean, even No Man's Sky didn't pull itself down and re- completely remake itself from the ground up to right. the point that it refers to. Actually, No Man's Sky does kind of refer to the original launch version and some of the story stuff about does it? Uh, well, because the whole premise of the story in No Man's Sky is about the constant repetition of of artificial synthetic worlds and simulated realities and remembering that you are in fact not real mm-hmm. and that is the existential horror of the story of no man the story of no man's sky is a is a lovecraftian cosmic horror one yeah in which most of the characters realize they are in a video game oh and really are, and are not real oh i didn't realize like that the, like the whole thing like a lot of it is about how like the, the universe is in fact a simulation and if the player gets to the end point and restarts the simulation go, like everyone will cease to exist or will have to exist again and uh. so it's 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 about as meta as you get um whereas this like this is also pretty meta because they constantly refer to the destruction of the world that happened previously which is literally the shutdown of the original right. version of final fantasy Interesting. 14 i like games that do that though so it's clever how many people are playing final fantasy 14 how many subscribers do they have even do you know roughly even no i so you're saying earlier like a lot of mmos can't afford it so i was just curious like what it takes to i mean i of- i think the, the afforded on this i think is more that square is willing to put capital behind it because it's not losing momentum at all yeah yeah and because they know that this is the best writing they got going yeah um whereas like most other, i mean i don't think most other mmos have the growth potential this does mm. um it's an it's, this is a very final Fantasy 14 is is singular in about five different ways in the mmo space it's it's remarkable that would be it would be a good documentary eve demon says 1.4 million roughly this um, Faradol says Google says forty four point nine million. I don't that I don't think that's, that's right. That's m- like a small state. <laughs> that's insane. I mean, that's more than a small Gotta state. Be, yeah. I mean, we only have what five million people in LA, four million in people in LA. Oh no, it's thirteen million people in the LA area. I thought our official population was four point five. Yeah, population million. of the city of Los Angeles is yeah. is that. But if you encompass the entire area, people think of when they say LA, it's, it's more. more like thirteen million. Okay. Go out on the road. It's 13 million. <laughs> I promise. Um, so a lot, I guess, is what we're ultimately getting at. Like 1.4, even if it's 1.4 million, that's probably enough to rationalize rebuilding the game. But I would argue 10 million would be a lot more convincing than 1.4. Um, I thought it was more than 1.4 to be sure. They have 44 million registered subscribe registered users. Players. Yeah. I don't know how many active subscribers. That are still subscribing. Yeah. 
Big difference, typically. Uh, but anyway, it is... Approximately 3 million people play on a daily basis. Okay. So probably... Which is, which is about 8% of the total registered players. Yeah. My guess is probably 6 million, 5 million players, if I had to guess. Um, They're so subscribing. So there's oh, estimated... If half of them are playing every day. A year ago, uh, estimated 39 million subscribers. Wow. 8 million play daily. How much is it per month? I don't know, because I don't subscribe... <laughs> I, I mean, mean, even if it's I just mean, $10. I, yeah, I don't know. Dude, you're making so much money. Why would Square Enix ever sell its Western developers if it was making that much money? Like, why would it sell anything ever? That's insane. There's a, there's a wild, there's wildly different estimates on this. Yeah. There's one from April that says the, the daily player counts 1.6 million. Here's another one that says the estimated daily player is 784,000. Um, I mean, the 40 million thing I don't think jives. Uh the report, the report from last year, from April April 2022 to September 2022, Square Enix says digital sales brought in 108.8 billion yen. Well, drop it down to decimal places. That's what? 180 million? Um, no, two decimal places is over a billion. It would still be over a billion? Let's see. <laughs> we don't need to worry about it. Um, they have a lot. Enough to rationalize redoing the game. Um, I might jump in there next year and check it out finally, Matt. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to do it now, because if I know that this is coming in a year, I can hold off for a year and maybe give it a try. Uh, that it works out to about $750 million. Okay. All right. That's, that's pretty good. It's amazing. That, remember, <laughs> April to September right. last year. Yeah, that's like half a year. So yeah, that's why, it, like that's why it's getting that. Yeah. And SWOTOR is not. Makes perfect sense. Okay. Because what if we go, what if we see what SWOTOR's... Uh, I mean, my guess there is probably like a million or less. That would that would be my guess yeah. too. Um, total twelve million players. Um, Monthly actives. Uh, daily January twenty twenty two average six thousand players a day. Jeez. Okay, so, yeah, so it's way lower than a million then. Yeah, so that's how much bigger Final Fantasy XIV is than that kind of thing. That's a lot. Okay, well that explains why they're completely redoing the game for a re-release next year. Uh, next up, we kind of hinted at this a little bit earlier, um, that we now know that Modern Warfare 3 is the Call of Duty that's coming this year. However, we got a little, a little tidbit um, extra this week, and that the game is going to be revealed in Call of Duty Warzone. They've actually done this before, Activision has. I wanted to have like a little special event. Remember, wasn't there like a train or something that everyone had to fight the train? Do you remember that? I'm vaguely, I'm just, patches of it are mm. flittering through my brain right now. I fight thought for the sure train. there was like some big group thing where everybody in Warzone had to fight like a big train or something. Oh, I vaguely. And then at the know. end, like they revealed the new Call of Duty, something like that. Oh yeah, there was a trailer at the end of the train or something. Right. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I think they're going to do something similar, but they have a memorable stunt. Well done. Yeah, <laughs> but they haven't exactly. We can hardly remember it. Um, but they haven't announced the date yet. And again, I'll remind you that normally by now we've seen at least two or three trailers for the new Call of Duty. They'll put out the first teaser at pre E3. They'll put out the big first trailer at E3, and then from then on, it's just a normal marketing schedule. They haven't even started that yet, and we're in August now. Mm-hmm. I mean, not that they need to. It's Call of Duty. You put it on sale, people just go buy it. Yeah, only the last month before release matters. That's all you got to do, pretty much. Uh, but anyway, we. my guess is we'll probably hear something about that pretty soon. Um, a big event coming up this weekend. Matt, it's Evo Weekend coming mm -hmm. up this weekend. Are you excited? Eh. 
in? I am... Evo and the tournament scene hold less appeal to me these days now that all the people I was friends with are no longer competing. Really. Yeah. I mean, Dustin Wong's still in there. Daigo's still in there. But they're Tokyo. not the good guys anymore. No, the, the, they're like the underdogs now. Yeah, they're the, they're the old war horses. And it's like, oh, we it's, root for. it's nice to see them in the top 16. <laughs> you know, it's like, uh-huh. but it's like people like Punk and yeah. uh, and Sonic Fox and the, yeah. the kids are, are the they're ones, the ones taking over now. I'm excited um, for it because I want to see high level Street Fighter 6 gameplay. Yeah, that'll be good i mean there's a lot of people you know there's a lot of big combo videos going out this week being like oh hang on get ready marissa's gonna really dominate this thing she's dominating in japan she's like the most popular character in japan i mean you can be down you can be have life lead half a bar and one hit from her is the end she's so unexciting to watch yeah it's she's just so boring her moves are so unflashy it's just like i'm gonna step into this punch and take half your health yeah and like (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it, it's like the, uh, it's like the, uh, to me, it reminds me of um, uh, the old Rufus days, where it was like, yes, yeah, dive kick, dive kick, tornado spin, tornado. Yeah, but yeah, it's like, it's like mm-hmm. the same thing over yeah. and over. It's like, it works. Can you beat it? So it's not like, can you, you stop can, it? Yeah, can you stop it? That's the point. But like, yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm excited for this Evo. Be interesting. I want to, I'm interested. I'm excited to see Ultimate Marvel again. Uh, yeah. Marvel 3 is, is in there. Um, it'll be cool to see uh, Mortal Kombat. Yeah, you know it's always interesting to see Mortal Kombat. Will Mortal Kombat One be there in any capacity? Uh, they will do some announcement. I think the rumor is they're going to announce something. Some, uh, a new character or something. But they're not going to be playing it. Like pros won't be playing it. Uh, it won't, there's no tournament. I'm sure there will be like demos or free play, like kiosks you know, there or, or whatever. Something. Yeah. Um, they are probably going to announce uh, and show Aki, the next mm. downloadable character for Street Fighter Six. Mm-hmm. Um. It should be you know a news for pretty much every featured game except mm-hmm. probably Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom three. Um, although you never know, like like you know Marvel has shown interest in reviving the fighting game side of things, so who knows? We might might get a crazy announcement on that. And just so you know, we'll have um, we'll have curated the live streams for Evo that'll be up over will, the weekend. Yeah, at there'll probably be Net. something about Tekken eight. Yep. Yeah. You know. Yeah. There'll be probably a character reveal, although. That was another story from this week that they data mined Tekken 8 and pretty much found all the yeah, playable characters. They were not happy about that. No, they're oh, also not boy. happy that the the closed network test that they have been running for the last couple of weeks has now leaked yeah. and is out on the wilds of torrent websites yeah, and will, the internet. Tekken will never have beta testing on PC again. Ever again. No. Yep. Um, so all pretty much the entire roster for Tekken 8 was laid bare this week because mm-hmm. of data mining that demo. Um do you think developers, I saw where Remnant 2, a game we're going to talk about today, um, they actually put stuff in their code for data miners to find. Yeah, sometimes people do That's that. pretty clever. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the first time I've heard of uh, a developer intentionally doing that because they knew people were going to be That's definitely digging. the highest profile. I mean, I've seen like, indie developers will do that. I've done yeah. that sometimes. That's the first time, like, a really high-level, like, commercial release i can i mean i just don't understand why they're not cleaning up source code at this point like in getting this stuff out of there because they know they're going to data mine it because if you move stuff that stuff around it breaks it breaks house of cards that was like i saw a video about it was a video about uh multi-disc games and it was talking about how final fantasy 7 and it's driven a lot of games on the playstation 1 but Mm -hmm. you remember how you could open the playstation 1 and just put your own disc in or whatever so if you if you take a a final fantasy 7 and you load up disc 2 and then you swap it with disc 1 the cutscenes will still generally play because the game only calls for basically cutscene one, cutscene two, mm-hmm. and they're all all the cutscenes on the the CG cutscenes on each disc are labeled cutscene one, cutscene. They're not labeled. It'll play the wrong. Like, so it'll play the wrong cinema for things. <laughs> um, Interesting. 
and like you know there's a lot of duplication of the same data otherwise on on the disc and it's like why is that you know because basically you didn't know how big this thing was going to be because you didn't always know how big the audio was going to be because that yeah. was what made you have to do multiple discs usually yeah. the size of the audio yeah so you would duplicate the same data on all the discs and when it came to you know the, the other the other option was when you knew how big the game was you could then remove that data but you would never do that because you have every time you remove anything even if it was unnecessary for that disc you'd break everything after fix a thousand bugs yeah so a lot of just like red dead redemption one like as if it's already in there and you've got got the hook in there for the later character absolutely you do not mess with that because you're going to need that later yeah so it's a, it's just you know it's going to happen yeah, so. apparently. I mean, if they could stop it, they would have stopped it already, and they can't. <laughs> it just keeps happening. Um, so anyway, Evo is this weekend, all weekend long. Generally, Sunday is when the grand finals are for the big the big yeah. games. So if you're busy this weekend, you're like, hey, like when? Some stuff is like you, the, the smaller stuff will have finals late on Saturday. Yeah. Um, so watch late Saturday night, and then beginning around like midday on Sunday, roughly. I'll be like, start at like 10. Usually the finals start at ten. Yeah, but I'm, usually the first couple games are like well, it'll be Guilty like Guilty Gear, Gear Strive yeah. and stuff like that. I mean, Guilty. I always find Guilty Gear interesting to watch because yeah. it's not quite. like I mean, I enjoy else. watching high level players play any of these games, honestly. So I enjoy it all. But I'm just saying. I mean, for the, the good news is there's no Smash Brothers, so I don't have to stop at any point. <laughs> so I cannot sit through Smash professional Smash Brothers play. There's no way. Yeah, and it's also because usually I remember back in the day when I would go to these tournaments and stuff and hang out with with people like. It was like you know, the, like the whatever would end, and Tekken would start, and like Justin Wong or somebody would be like, "You guys want to go to dinner now?" Yeah. <laughs> but now everybody stays. We yeah. all everybody wants to see the Tekken because like the Tekken's actually exciting now. Yep. So anyway, going on all weekend, we'll have live streams curated for you guys at sifted.net, um, and again, late Saturday night. If you really want to see the big stuff, like Street Fighter Six. Start tuning in late afternoon on Sunday, and those generally you'll see the big three biggest games at Evo, the grand finals for those. Um, Whoa. Uh oh. What, what did what she that? say? What, what Something little... in high school. Yeah. Is that not one of the NPC lines that those people say? I don't know. My, my phone is on Twitch chat for our, our channel. I don't know yeah. what that was. Uh, so anyway, keep an eye out for Evo coming up this weekend. And then our final piece of housekeeping for today, um, it was announced this morning that Anita Sarkeesian's Feminist Frequency mm-hmm. shebang, I don't even know what it, you'd even call it at this point. It was a non-profit. Was it a non-profit? Yeah. Has shuttered. And mm-hmm. well, it, it, it shutters, I think, in October or something like that. Well, she, yeah, it's, it's, they're ceasing accepting donations today. Mm-hmm. And they will fully shut down by 2024. What was the and end result of that? Anything? Um, you feel like it made a difference at all? I think it did. Um, I mean, it made a lot of very insecure dudes mad. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, the thing was, like, it was, like, the, the idea behind what she started doing was really just to draw attention to sort of these elements that are were so prevalent mm-hmm. in games. Um, which is a, it's a very baseline form of, you know, feminist theory and feminist criticism. Um but like a lot of people didn't understand that because they haven't been in an academic setting for like a critical theory idea where it's mm-hmm. like like and you know where she'd just be like okay she'd do those videos where she'd go over like this this trope or whatever is in this game and then it shows up in this game is this shows up in this game is this and like and the thing was like the 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 the, the form of that criticism is just like um and i mean criticism as in analysis not like saying there's something wrong with something mm-hmm. that's the thing people didn't get a lot of times too it's like you're just drawing it's just like hey this is here like this is in here. It's the same as saying like you know 
like this theme is in this book and this book and this book. It's like it's not it's not saying that's bad necessarily. It's just saying and in the sense it's of what there. She, he was doing, it's there. Be aware of it. Mm-hmm. And like of course you got all the fragile dudes being like, oh, I'm no you want to ruin games and it's like no. She's saying when you play this game, be aware that's a thing there. Yeah. Like there's a if you want to treat these things as art, we let's look at them like art. And that's one of the things you do with art is you take them apart and you look at these yeah, little pieces, the little gears elements. that make the machine work. And that's one of the things that made mm-hmm. the machine work. And like you can have your own judgment on whether you care about it being there or whether you think it's a good thing or a bad thing. The point of that kind of criticism, what Feminist Frequency did, was to say, this is here. Be aware of it. Do with that information as you will. Mm-hmm. And apparently one of the things a lot of people wanted to do with that was to uh, yell at her yeah. and send death threats to people, which is pathetic. Well, she but, said she's quit because she's burnt. She's quitting because she's burnt out. And the other thing too yeah. is that, like, the other thing, the I would nonprofit's say, going away, which I found a little weird. It's like the problem isn't solved, right? Right. Well, the 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 podcast is continuing under her co-host is continuing that. Um, I mean, it's all under her. So I th- theoretically, if someone else wanted to run a similar thing, they could start it and kind of bring the same people back. Mm-hmm. But. Um, I would also imagine their donations have dried up for the most part yeah. in the last, you know, they've been doing this for what, 13, 14 years? It's been years? a long, it's hard to believe how long it's been actually. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and it was successful beyond the wildest. That's so. what I think is has happened is that the financial end of it is just. Financial end of it is probably dried up. And also like that, it was a starting level form of criticism for the medium of video games. And mm-hmm. I would argue that we are past that now. Yeah. I would argue that the conversations that people that want to have that conversation about games those conversations routinely go beyond what feminist frequency was delving into. Well, I would also say this: the, non- the younger generations that not are saying the problem to- is solved. I'm just right, saying, right. Like I think they more or less accomplished what she her original idea was. Well, what I would say is the younger generations that are coming in to replace us are far more conscientious. They're on it. Like they care about this stuff already. Organically, they care about it. So. I wouldn't say the work is done, no. but I do feel like the work that her nonprofit did was work that needed to be done on us and millennials and like these generations and not necessarily Generation Z and the gens coming after that because they're kind of already there. I think they already know. Yeah. yeah. So maybe their work is kind of done at this point. So um, I think it kind of served its purpose. And look, mm-hmm. say what you want about Anita Sarkeesian or whatever her videos. Also, the, the, the bottom is- line is she brought awareness to something that needed to have awareness brought yeah. to it. And the As, world has moved on from a lot of that f- way of engaging. And games with it. have changed. Let's be honest. Yeah. Like you see women in games now that just look like women. Yeah. They don't look like an action figure. Yeah. They so are, they are not like some kind of porn. The model industry has to changed for, for yeah. not every game does it, but a lot do. So we have seen positive change in games over the last decade. Yeah. And it's good to see. By it, no means is it done. No. But like, yeah. It's I moving th- in the right direction. Yeah. And I think, you know, there will be someone else from the younger generation who comes that will up, pick to, up the to pick that pick that baton up. Yep. Um, you know, and she has, I'm sure, other things she can do in that space. She's an organizer. She's a yeah. she's a critic. She's a nonprofit. She ran a nonprofit. Yeah. That's, she, she has she has plenty of stuff easy. she can move on to from there. Yeah. So anyway, congratulations, Anita, on all your work and best of luck on what you do next. And with that, it's finally time to kick off Game Face 352 proper. But before Mike, we... Mike's Q makes a good point. Some of the fighting games have not got the message yet. But <laughs> Yeah, I, I would say if there's one genre that is still dragging its feet a little yeah. bit, that's it. Yeah. yeah, and same, I mean, look at the, what, Skullgirls, where they just like, hey, we're going to cover, we're going to get rid of all the gratuitous panty shots of the underage girls in our game, and people lost their mm-hmm. fucking minds. Because for a lot of them, that's why they were playing it. Yeah. 
<laughs> the appeal of Skullgirls is, yeah, it's like, I get it. Sure. I mean, Which I, is funny, too, because you and I both know, like, the lead developer on Skullgirls. You would never guess that a game like that would come from him. Yeah. At least I wouldn't. Like, no, it would be. It was a little surprise, and like you know, and they also like to hide behind those. Like, oh, the lead design, the art director is a woman. Kind of, it's like, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, you can that's do, their excuse. <laughs> do horny art, for, no matter what your gender is, but yeah. like, um, no, it doesn't need it really. Also, if you really want to see Skullgirl character panties, uh, Google. Yeah, like I promise, the fan art is there. I mean, for I don't you. understand why people get caught up on this stuff in video games. There's the internet. Yeah. For God's sake, if you want to see Godzilla naked, you can find it on the internet. Like anything. It's all there. You don't need a retail product. You don't for need that. a video game. Yep. Okay. So before we get on with the rest of the show, here is a word from our awesome sponsor. LS Cream is a fine cream liqueur created by fellow gamer and sifter Stevens Charles. It's inspired by an ancestral recipe from Haiti called Cray Mass and a double gold winner for its original taste at the New York Wine and Spirit International Competition. Ellis Cream can be enjoyed on the rocks or as a mixer for drinks with its rich blend of fresh cream and neutral grain spirits with notes of coconut, vanilla, cinnamon, and nutmeg. It's great in coffee or to make espresso martinis. To learn more, discover amazing drink recipes, or to track down your own bottle using a handy store locator, head to creamls.com slash sifted. That's creamls.com slash sifted. So, my wife's sister was in town. I mentioned it last week on the show that she was coming for my wife's birthday, and she did show up. And we went um, to see a comedian, Sebastian Maniscuso. I don't know how to say his last name. It's a crazy Italian name. Um, all the way out in San Bernardino at some mm. Indian casino or whatever. And before we left, we did some pre-gaming at my place. And I'll give you one guess what we used to mix drinks with. It was LS Cream. And she loved it. And I also said that she was a bartender who had bartended all the way through college and even did it after she was a teacher to pick up extra money because teachers in America don't get paid squat. Um, as a bartender, she was like, how do I not know about this? Because she still goes out and drinks mm. like at happy hour couple nights a week like she lives a lot younger than my wife and i do even <laughs> though she's pretty much our age because she's not married um and she loved it and she's like i'm going back i'm going to tell all my bartender buddies to start getting on it and get it into their bars in miami she's from fort lauderdale south beach miami um, and she has connections in the restaurant and bar industry throughout all of fort lauderdale and she said she is going back to evangelize LS Cream and get it in all the bars in Fort Lauderdale. So um, you guys can do this too. You can turn somebody on to LS Cream and next thing you know, they're like, hey, I know people. It can make a big difference for LS Cream, so do what you can. Also, I would add, that comedian was hilarious. He went for 90 minutes and I laughed the entire time. I literally did not stop laughing for 90 minutes. My favorite joke that he told, and part of it of, of it was where this is. This is, people don't realize in California, you get away from the coast, and the mix of people is a lot different. Oh, yeah. Um, and The Midwest begins as soon as you cross the L.A. <laughs> County border. And so the, we were in San Bernardino. It's like an hour and a half's drive from L.A. inland. And... There are diff different people than you would typically see in L.A. There, it's a different audience. And he told a very funny uh, Bitcoin joke. Mm. <laughs> he said, and I wish I could imitate him because he has a very specific meter the way he speaks. He goes, Bitcoin, 
they, all my friends are telling me to get on the Bitcoin. And I look at them and I say, you couldn't master one currency. And now you're trying a new one? Because <laughs> <laughs> he's like, everybody who pushes Bitcoin on you is poor. They're always the people who have like not succeeded and don't have money. They're always the ones that are trying. Because they're the ones at the bottom of the pyramid scheme. Yeah, exactly. And literally, I think I was the only one that laughed at the joke. <laughs> I laughed my ass off. And he told it way better. It's way funnier the way he delivered it and everything. Um, but I laughed my ass off and it was just like bone silent because... They were all crypto bros. Mm-hmm. Like they're like, oh yeah, in that part of that part of the state at a casino. Yeah, for <laughs> exactly. Sure. It was hilarious. Uh, but oh, he's, what, all the gambling addicts are big crypto people. You could yeah. you, you you don't say. I had never even heard mm. of this comedian until like a month or two ago. My wife discovered him and was like, "This guy is hilarious," and she is right. Like, go watch like some of his old Netflix specials. His couple new ones aren't as funny his old ones are just hilarious again his name is like his last name is manis guso or some crap um i can't remember what yeah, his i never heard of him and i i know uh i know comedy stand-up comedy pretty well we all we, i mean we do because we know people who are in it i had never yeah. heard of him either and like he's great so i highly recommend if you need a laugh you need 90 minutes of relief from daily daily crime of life go watch one of his stand-up routines i think you'll like it and now it's time to kick off Game Phase 352 proper. We're going to kick things off with undoubtedly what was the biggest story of the week um, in games in general, other than the fact that nobody can play Baldur's Gate 3. And that is VGC. And as we always do here on Game Phase, we want to give credit to the people who are breaking the stories because it's hard work and it's not easy to do. Um, gaming website from Europe, VGC, broke big-time information about Nintendo's next console this week. And those guys from VGC... They got somebody because they're breaking stuff like all the time. Like one of those guys knows somebody who's just dishing them like information like constantly. Mm -hmm. Um, And somebody fed them a bunch of information about Nintendo's next console. Um, Matt, what stood out to you the most about all the information that broke about the next Nintendo's next machine? Um, That it was about what I thought. Yeah. Like, there's no, wasn't really a lot of surprise here. Yeah. Um, I mean, there was a lot of people were like, will Nintendo make another Switch or will it try to do something new? I was like 85% sure it was just going to be Switch 2. Yeah, there, you'd, you gotta, you'd be crazy to, to abandon the gimmick that basically made this thing the biggest thing ever. Like, it, but Matt, if there's one of the big three that would do it, it's Nintendo. Nintendo's that crazy. Yes. <laughs> but they they don't hate money quite that much, nope. it turns out. <laughs> and so according to VGC, again, all of this is according to VGC. I want to give them credit for breaking this news. According to VGC, it is going to be a Switch 2. It mm-hmm. is going to be another console handheld hybrid. Do you think that's the right move? Sure. I mean, I'd rather it be more powerful in exchange for not being portable, but I'm like something like 9% of the user base in that regard. So. Yeah. Well, the question that comes to my mind through this is... To me, it's just like, I would buy a more powerful version without the handheld features mm-hmm. that ran better, directly connected. I, I, would, I would buy a second skew that was not handheld in exchange for better performance. If it's just going to be another Switch, do we need it, is my question. Yes, because the, the, the current Switch is struggling. I agree with that. But, I mean, if it's so intrinsically, it's going to be held back because it also has to be a handheld, just oh, yeah. like 
the first Switch. And so how much better can it get? Because look, Nintendo's not gonna sell a $600 console or a $700 console, which is what you have to pay for PC handhelds that can display 4K. That's not gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Nintendo is never gonna release a console that costs that much money. It's just not. And so that so you're like, okay, well then what's gonna happen? Their targets are gonna be really low and we're gonna get another underpowered platform from Nintendo, which again, I'm like, does it need it? Does it need, I guess maybe the better question, Matt, is does it need to reset the platform and call it Switch 2 or Switch Double or whatever the hell they end up calling it, Switch Back, whatever, which I just well, came up with for the name mm-hmm. for the new Switch, by the way, Switch Back. What do you think of that one? I don't think that's what they're going to call it. <laughs> um, it sounds too much like going backwards. Yeah. But does it, well, it's going to be backwards compatible, Matt. Right. That's in double. No one win. cares. So. <laughs> I mean, they do care, but it's never going to be the selling point of anything. Yeah, I'm so. just joking. But anyway, um, dude, does it need to, like, say this is Switch 2? I mean, it already upgraded slightly with the OLED version. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, mean I, don't, I don't know what they're going to, if they'd use 2 or whatever. Right. Like, I mean, do you think that that's going to happen? Do you think Nintendo's going to start a new platform again? Or do you think it's just going to be called Switch whatever model? I think they'll call it a Switch something. I think they'll call it the Super Nintendo Switch. Or what if they just call it like Switch 2K or something? Maybe. I mean, uh, Switch 2K, I mean, it just feels like you old. 4K would sound a lot better, but we know that's not happening. No. Well, (laughs) Switch 2K just leaves you wide open and be like, why isn't it 4K? Right. Um, You're right. It does kind of open the door to criticism. Like, I I think you call it the Super Nintendo Switch. I think that's a great idea. Like, that's it. Like... Just you got a retro styling. It does. It, it, it gets across the, the the notion that it's more powerful than the one you already have. Um, it has it has a good throwback to like their other po- really popular system. Um, it tells you not to expect something revolutionary because it's just a super version of what you already have. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that covers all the bases. The Super Nintendo Switch. Yeah, I think that's a great name too. I think we've kind of talked about that in the past. Yeah. Both of us kind of agreed that we thought that was the best name for it. And that way you stave off having to worry what you call the third one for another like seven, eight years. Yeah. Because then I don't have an idea for you. Right. Like You can't call it the Switch 64. That doesn't yeah. make any sense. Now, VGC is saying that it is coming in the second half of 2024. And the reason they basically, it sounds like they're almost in production already. They would have to be close. And they're saying they want to manufacture as many as they can mm-hmm. for... The launch so that it doesn't turn into a PlayStation 5 Xbox Series thing yeah. over the holidays where nobody can get them and everybody's jacking up the prices on eBay and Craigslist. Yeah. I mean, and- it's smart if you can. I mean, that certainly helped the Switch One. Yeah. I mean, they did a pretty good job of meeting demand even early on. With they that. did. Yeah, I thought so. Um, it seemed like most of the people that really were dedicated and wanted to find one found Got one. Yeah. Which wasn't the case for PS5 and Xbox Series. No. But I do want... It's hard to find Joy-Cons, but you can find the system. That's true, actually. That was true. So, according to VGC, they're waiting until late in the year so they can have as much inventory as possible for when it finally goes on sale. That is interesting that you would not launch in March again, because Mm -hmm. it did so well. After it did so well. Yeah. Yeah. But again, if but again, you, like you know, it's, it's not like it's a problem. Yeah, really. I think it's going to do fine regardless of when it's released. Um, I mean, I get, I'm guessing that's where we finally get the next real full fledged 3D Mario. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's going to support cartridges again, cards. Yeah, I mean, there's no way around that, really. I mean, if you're going to have a physical medium, I would argue that cards are the best. Gotta be. I mean, they have the fastest access, but they're yeah, still the, like the, the, the drives are too bulky and. Yeah, you can't do an UMD or anything. Yeah. It's, yeah. The load times, I mean, I noticed this with Pikmin 4. The load times were terrible. Oh, yeah. 
Like, it's crazy that... I mean, even, the load times are terrible. I'm playing Pikmin not on a cartridge. And mm-hmm. it's still... Load times are still terrible. Off a hard drive. It's the same. Yeah. yeah. I've never noticed a difference when running something off the hard drive. No, I think drive you're right, actually. Of the, of the chip. Yeah. yeah, I think you're right. Um, well, I played Pikmin 4 with download code. That wasn't physical version. That wasn't the card. And there was still mm. a horrible load time. Why is that? Because it's <laughs> slow-ass hardware. It's 11 years old yeah. hardware. It's a, it's a, it's a, the NVIDIA Shield tech it was based on was outdated when it came out. Like, you think we can count on an SSD? Because right now it has flash memory, which is faster than an old mechanical hard drive, yeah. but still not SSD fast. I know there's been a lot of debate over, will it have an SSD? Will it have an OLED screen? They say it um, won't. They say it's going to be an LED. Uh, they said that Toshiba has already announced that it is making the screen for mm-hmm. it, and it's an LCD, not an OLED. Yeah, and will anybody care that it's, you know, a, technically that's a step back from the Switch OLED? You know, like mm-hmm. it's, it is. So yeah, absolutely. Does anyone care? I mean, I don't care, obviously. I mean, to me, it's like, yeah, make it LCD. That probably make it cheaper. For when right. I buy, oh it. yeah, that's, that's the why they're doing it because it will it. make it cheaper. Yeah. Um, and I'm never going to use that screen, so great. But it's like I don't know. Like, will that be a problem for people? I don't know. I feel like they should release two versions out of the gate: an OLED version and a normal. I mean, I'm sure. The, I'm sure the OLED version is a. It'll be on years, the way. Two years out, I yeah. mean, it'll be there if you want it. Um, it should be there at launch, I think. Because look, man, like more it's, it's not going to be any different than the Switch in the sense that, like, I'm not going to play anything on this except exclusives. Yeah, this is purely. To play Nintendo games. Yeah. Like, I am never going to play a third-party game on this no. thing. It's available on any other platform. Even the third-parties are finally starting to try again? Yeah, but no. <laughs> why would I ever... Why would I do that? I, it would, yeah. They're, they're going to work better on every other platform I own. It will. Like, when you're saying, like, oh, we got Frostbite up and running on the Switch, like, it's some triumph. It's like, yeah. no, I'll just buy the PlayStation 5 version of FIFA or Madden or whatever. Yeah, I, I hear you. I don't think that Nintendo's console is ever going to be a big third-party machine. I just don't think it is. No. Um, I don't think that that's really Nintendo's goal. It wants you to buy its software. Let's be honest. That's where it makes all the money. Yeah, and I mean, it's good that like pe- that you can get all that stuff on it if you want it to just be your your only system or if yeah. you play handheld or, or on the go or are, like traveling so much that, that you wouldn't get any gaming done even for third-party stuff mm-hmm. if, if you didn't have that. So that's cool, but it's not a use, it's not a use case for me. Yeah, Robolisk9 is asking if it's backwards compatible. According to VGC, Absolutely. it is. There's yeah. not a chance in also, According to Nintendo, Nintendo's very Nintendo made a statement about it. Um, Shuntaro Furukawa said, and this is a direct quote: "We want to do as much as possible in order to smoothly transition our customers while utilizing the Nintendo account." So it is absolutely going to be backwards. Yeah, everything will move forward with you. That your everything you have on the Switch will move forward. There's not a chance in hell they don't do that. Which also again brings up the question: They then, would have an actual revolt on their hands if yeah. they didn't do that. Which again brings up the question: Why the new platform? Why would you use a new platform and not just call it Switch Two, whatever, or whatever, to denote that you're kind of staying in that same ecosystem instead of it being this whole new thing where the, the slate is being wiped clean? Well, is anyone saying they're not going to call it a Switch? They haven't said anything like that so far. Yeah. We don't know at all. The Switch will be in the name of it somewhere. Yeah. Whatever it is. The problem is that third parties, and this is another direct quote, have, quote, expressed concern that legacy support for Switch games could negatively affect sales of their next-gen titles. And yeah, that is going to happen. That's how it happens. Mm -hmm. Like that when you turn it over a new leaf and you start a new platform, that is part and parcel 
of the new platform for yeah, third I mean, parties. You just went through that with the with the other next gen systems. Yeah, like why is it? Why didn't you say this? Why before is it suddenly the, an issue with, with Nintendo? Nintendo oh, but no, it wasn't right. for Sony or Microsoft. I, I don't know. Especially considering the install base, the old the old Switch is going to have. Like, who cares what it sells on as long as it sells? I, I feel know. like these third parties are always looking for excuses why they don't succeed on Switch. Because let's be honest, most of them do not, Matt. Yeah. Most of them fall on their face on Switch. They do not sell a lot of games. Most third party games do not do well. And I feel like they're always looking for some reason, mm. some built-in excuse well, why large, they can't crack not, the code. Largely because they they sold to the same user on another platform already. Or they just aren't dedicating the resources to Switch development to make mm. good Switch games, generally. Yeah. And it's more difficult, let's well, be honest. I, think, I mean, even especially if you're using the, cl- the, the portable aspect as, like, your main draw for the Switch. Mm-hmm. Like, those cloud games aren't useful to you. Nope. Because you can't play them unless right. you're in a very fairly ideal situation. Like yeah. I can't play The Witcher Three on. on you better hope you're hardwired. Yeah, or is The Witcher Witcher Three is not cloud, but like I can't play Resident Evil Four on a plane. No, you know on that thing. No. Like it's there's nope. no way to get a Wi-Fi. Connection or on your crappy way. Wi-Fi at your hotel room. Right. Like it's not going to work. It's just not a strong enough connection. So. Yeah. I don't know if Nintendo. You know that's the problem. Is like Nintendo could come up with something that's powerful enough to be you know on the level of like a Steam Deck. That would be solve a lot of that problem, but then you'd have a price like a Steam Deck, and yeah. that is not what Nintendo wants, yep. so, or what Nintendo's customers want, I would think. VGC is also reporting that um, key partner studios have already received development kits for the new Switch, and mm-hmm. so some studios are already third-party studios are already making games for the the new switch which is huge if you're going to release in a year they should be working on it right now but then the question is like what is the one stupid new gimmick they've grafted onto this thing because you know there's something yeah i don't think they're going to replace the joy con no i wouldn't think but there's some this thing's going to do some new thing that you're like really and Uh it's like what is it Mm -hmm. what is the thing they add because nintendo you can't just be more powerful it can't just, you know, it's just like their games. It can't just be prettier with mm-hmm. another number on it. Yeah. It has to have They always have to find something. Thing. You're right. So yeah. what is the Switch 2's new thing? Yeah. What is it going to do? Yeah. What is this thing it's going to do? Um, other data or information. It's punch you in the nose every time you get hit. <laughs> other information backing up VGC's reporting is in the last couple of weeks, two separate Chinese parts manufacturers have announced in their official financial reports that they're working on parts for a new console from a company that has not released a new console in quite a while. Hmm, Gee, I wonder who that might be. So two parts manufacturers in China are already saying that they're supplying parts for the new Switch, um, which again would align with VGC's reporting that it's coming out next year in the late part of the year. and then some other reports have said that some publishers are getting skittish about launching games on a new console with a library of thousands of existing previous generation games as day one competition as backwards compatibility. So they're like, look, there's all these cheap old games that people are going to buy. We put out this hot new game just for the new Switch. It's competing with 500 other games that are already available when it's backwards mm-hmm. compatible. But again, that doesn't seem to be a problem if you're working on PlayStation or Xbox. Yeah. Nobody wants backwards compatibility because they want to still be able to buy older games instead of newer games. They want backwards compatibility because they don't want to lose the library they've spent hundreds of dollars building over the yep. last seven years. Exactly. That's yep. just stupid. Yep. And then here's a, here's a point that I kind of thought of is like, 
Couldn't backwards compatibility, I mentioned this a little bit earlier, couldn't backwards compatibility really crush one of Nintendo's revenue streams, which is re-releasing its old games on the new hardware. I mean, look at how much money. I don't don't think they can get away with that anymore. I I, I agree with you. But look how much money they made off re-releasing Mario Kart 8. Oh, sure. Like, all those Wii U games, how much money they made re-releasing them right, but for also, minimal investment. Also remember how much money they lost releasing them on the Wii U in the first place. I mean, <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> yeah, the big problem there was the virtual console rebuy. Yeah. And, then, and then to eliminate all that, even when you rebought them on that, to then have them be part of this Switch Online thing that they took forever to get off the ground and have only intermittently updated. And, like, I mean, there's a whole different kettle of fish there. But, like, yeah. um, in terms of, like, backwards compatibility, yeah. Like, just, I, I think the days of being able to charge someone again for the thing they had last generation is over. Yeah. Um, it seems that way. And it should be, it should have never been that way. I mean, <laughs> look, Nintendo honest. could probably try it again if they wanted to and they wouldn't get dinged too hard for it. But it, they, there would be problems. Yeah. I do think the Joy-Con are going to stay. I think they'll just snap on to whatever the new Switch is. Because there's like 200 million of them out there. I think Mike's cue is right. It'll have a camera. For what? Just FaceTime stuff for like... Like adding, was on Wii U. adding your face to things and shit like that. I mean, maybe the Wii U it, had it. I mean, it introduces privacy problems mm-hmm. with kids, and, with yep. kids, and it also uh, disturbingly feeds into the um, that ESRB thing. Oh, right, <laughs> using but, facial uh, recognition to buy games. Yep. <laughs> um, El Guapo asks, I think pricing is going to be a challenge. At release, do you think that the price remains the same as the current Switch? It can't be any more expensive since PS5 and Xbox Series isn't that much more expensive. Also, there's price cut right now for PS5 in a lot of places in Europe. 75 euro is dropped right now. And the sales went up like 70% from that 75 euro drop. Yeah. So it made a huge difference almost immediately. Yeah. My, my guess is this launches at the same price the Switch launched at. You think? Yeah. You think they can afford to do that? Or you think they're willing to take a bath on... On it at first. I, I think that's just about how much it's going to cost. I think it's that going to be that underpowered again. Oh, really? Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what chip they use. I don't know. Um, we haven't really got any probably, rumblings about probably that. Probably something so made far. circa 2016. Yeah. 2017. What do you think the max price is Nintendo can charge for this? I think 300 your ceiling on this thing. I mean, I think it's going to be more than that. I agree with you, but I think it's going to be like 400 bucks. That's. Like a hundred, not even a hundred less than an actual next gen system. Well, I mean, actually, at the seventy five euro discount right now, it's almost the same price. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't. I, I agree. I'll be like Mario. Three hundred is a sweet spot, but I wouldn't be surprised if Nintendo tries to charge four hundred for it. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of it will depend on. I guess you could maybe have a version that's three hundred dollars doesn't come with any Joy Cons. Yeah. Like that's a bare true. bones Actually, thing. Actually, that's not a bad idea. Because I mean, look, someone has already has a Switch is going to have kind of an accessory like fleet. Already. Yeah. Well, like I said, there's hundreds of millions of Joy-Con out there. So that would be yeah. right. You, maybe they do sell just a yep. tablet version. The only downside to that would be like you don't want to confuse people who don't know what they're doing but who accidentally buy th- something they can't play. Yeah. And then there's a problem. But, the only reason I think Nintendo would But ditch, you could definitely do like a core system right. that would just be the, the system and nothing else for to keep the price down. The only reason I think Nintendo might ditch the Joy-Con is because it's tired of paying to fix the Joy-Con. Well, I think, you, I think there's a redesign of the Joy-Con that can happen that would... You ship out with the new systems, yeah. Yeah. Um, And then if people send in their old Joy-Con, you replace it with with the the new new one. one. Yeah, Yeah. they they can find ways to do it. You could definitely, I mean, basically a soft recall in a way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Um, yeah. Also, explain me why they didn't do anything about it because they're like, we'll just redesign it for the 
for the next system and call it a day. Yeah. So pie in the sky, what you would want from Nintendo's next console is just something on par with like PS5 or Xbox series. Yeah. Me too. I mean, it's not what I'm going to get. I mean, I know. That's what I want too. I want something on par play or Mario better. Game. I want to play a Mario game that looks reasonably like that movie. I want to play a Mario game that looks like Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Yeah. <laughs> is that too much to ask? Like, yeah. Yes. Apparently it is. It really feels like it is mm-hmm. at this point. But me too. Pie in the sky want... I want it to be as powerful as possible. I don't care about the handheld part of it at all. My actual expectation is something that runs Tears of the Kingdom at a pretty solid 30 frames a second. Yeah. That's it. (laughs) That I think they'll be able to accomplish. I think that'll be a safe bet. Um, Running Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart at 4 foot, 30 60 frames a second. No way. You better give me a way to transfer my fucking save games. Yeah. I think They're on the cloud. They better come down to the new Switch. I think all that's a given. I'm not worried about that stuff anymore. I think Nintendo's at least figured that part out at this point. There's part of me that just doesn't trust them. Yeah. I don't blame you. I mean, why would you trust them? Yeah. Remember how archaic it was to, like, transfer stuff from, like... Was it the Wii to the Wii U yeah, where they had yeah. this weird animation of like me's getting on a plane right. and traveling yeah. somewhere? Mm-hmm. Like, it's really and it took like hours. Yeah, it took forever. It's like, yeah, come back tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> but then there was it. It was like, literally it, almost as long as actually flying to Japan. Yeah. But I, I think you're right. They're going to have to do something like that again where you transfer all the data over from your Switch because that didn't happen from Wii U to Switch, I don't think. Uh, I, I don't, don't think there was a transfer. I can't think of one. I mean, what would I transfer? Your me's stuff like that. I think I just at that point I think you, that information was just attached to your login account. Because I do miss all my me's. Like I had on the Wii, I had hundreds of me's of celebrities mm-hmm. and professional athletes. Like my me collection on my Switch is like three me's that I created by hand. Like I lost all of those, unfortunately, in the transition from Wii U over to Switch. So I agree with you. I think all that stuff is just going to happen. All your saves are going to transfer over. All your old game code, you'll be able to re-download it if you want to. I think all that stuff is going to work. And that'll be a huge bump up for Nintendo. Let's be mm-hmm. honest. That's an that's an Yeah, that'll be the best generation tr- uh, yeah. <laughs> transition they've ever had, really. Yeah. Uh, so I think we're going to get that. Um, more information. My, my thought is, also notice, Nintendo has not put out a statement refuting VGC's reporting. Note that. Right. That's important. That Nintendo has not come out and said, that's not, that's a bunch of malarkey. So... It's true. <laughs> like also because Nintendo is not Joe Biden, right? So. <laughs> I like the word malarkey though. <laughs> um, uh, you're both from that corner. That that's true, actually. Right the Northeast. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, so anyway, that's the information that we have on the next Nintendo console. I do think that we'll be getting a lot more information soon because VGC broke this information. Nintendo did not refute it, which means I think we'll start getting official Nintendo messaging probably right after November, is my guess. Mm-hmm. I think maybe we get an inkling of it at the Game Awards because Nintendo still wants to be able to sell hardware, software for the next 12 months. So it's got to be very careful about how and when it announces stuff to make sure it doesn't yeah, keep you want, people you from You want to let the, the Christmas sales happen. The first thing they should say is that it's going to be backwards compatible because that will keep people buying software immediately. Mm-hmm. If you don't say that, then people won't buy games either because they're like, well, what if this is like the other Nintendo systems and I can't play it on this new one, like blah, blah, blah. That's one of the first things that Nintendo should say because it's also already kind of said it will be backwards compatible. Furukawa said as much. So I think that's what you do first. That'll keep people buying software. And then you'd be very careful about what you say about the hardware leading up to the big unveiling or whatever. So um, it'll be interesting to see how this all plays out. But I don't think we hear a whole lot more until after the holiday shopping season this year. That's what I would guess. All right. Let's move on. We're going to talk next about 
easily the biggest game of the week and a game that has kind of turned into a smash hit out of nowhere, which I'm surprised that that ever happens this well, year. Positively received. I don't know if it's a smash hit. We don't have sales yet. It sold a million in four days. That's pretty good. Yeah, it's oh, really it good. Um, and that game is Remnant 2. Um, I honestly had very little interest in this game at all. I very, yeah. Zero. And I'm really shocked because people say it's a Souls-like. And that it's inspired. I don't, I don't like every Souls-like. Right. But I thought it might at least pique your interest. I, I mean, I played the first one. Uh, it's the worst Souls-like I've ever played. Really? I hated it. Interesting. I did not like it at all. Well, as it turns out, I have played the living crap out of this game at this point. From what like, I understand, this is a big turnaround. But I could not bring myself to spend 70 bucks on it. Well, it's not 70 bucks. It's 50 it? bucks. 50? Yeah. Okay, I still don't want to spend 50 bucks on it. <laughs> well, I think after we talk about Every, it, you may everything change Everything else mind. is going away in two days because Baldur's Gate goes live, and that's the end of that. And then Armored Core 6, and then Starfield. I will get to Remnant 2 on Christmas. That's why I'm really surprised that it's doing so well. I really thought yeah, this game would good, get lost in the shuffle and nobody would buy it, and people are. But the first thing I will say when we start talking about this, is I don't think this is a Souls-like. Like, it has the bonfires, like the save points, yeah. and enemies, the, some of the enemies will respawn when you use them, but not all of them. The videos I've seen of this, uh, the footage I've seen of this, is very different from the first game. Oh, really? Like, uh, I, the first game really was a soul, very much a Souls game with a gun. Okay. And this is not, if you told, I don't think this looks like Remnant to me. That's not an insult by any yeah. means. Um, this looks like a very different take on the material. To me, this is a third-person shooter, an online third-person shooter, cooperative third-person shooter, with really difficult boss battles. And that's how I would describe mm -hmm. it. I would not. The only thing that makes it Souls-like to me is that you do have save points. And if you sit down at them, some of the enemies will respawn. But you also don't have a lot of the options at the save points that you do in Souls games. Like, you only have the option to save and then to fast travel to any of the other save points that you've already unlocked. And that's it. Like, there's not, like, Souls games, Elden Ring, there's other stuff that you can do at the bonfires. This yeah. Mike's Q makes the good point that a lot of the pickup on this game is from people who are disillusioned with what happened to Diablo 4. Because it scratches a similar itch. It is grindy. I will say that. So, I'll just, before we get started on this, I'll just tell you full disclosure how much I've played of this. So, I checked the clock last night when I stopped playing it, and I am at, like, 17 hours. And... I have reached a point in the game where I cannot figure out what to do next. Hmm. The whole time, the waypoints have been great. They'll lead you right to what you need to do. For whatever reason, I beat a boss, and after that, it just left me to my own devices to figure out what to do. And there are waypoints, and when I go to the area where the waypoint is telling me to go, there's nothing else to tell me what to do or where to go. And I just got so, sick. So it is a little soulsy. Maybe a little bit. I got in that way. I got sick of running around trying to figure out what to do next, and I think I'm done with it. However, those first 17 hours, I really enjoyed this game. There's a lot to like. It is a well-made game, believe it or not. Like, again, I thought this is coming from some small studio. I expected it to be janky. I expected there to be tons of crash bugs. I expected the graphics to be almost laughably bad at times. None of that stuff happened. None of it. Um, and in fact, I've had a blast playing this game. It is a sequel to the first game, but it's set like decades later. So the first game was set, it was also, I, I didn't play it, but you did. It was set mm. in a post-apocalyptic earth, yeah. right? So is this one, but it's set later. And you, in the first game, you fought this enemy called the Root. Mm -hmm. And at the end, you defeated him, right? More or less, I mean, I didn't finish it, but oh. more or less, I assume. 
it, this one, they're back. And it, the root has come back. It's decades later, so I don't know if they've reorganized and regrouped and came back, but they're back again. Um, and so they, once again, they're an evil force that is trying to basically destroy reality, which is always yeah, it's, it's, it's an odd goal. It's a Lovecrafty cosmic horror thing. It's like, I don't understand why anyone would want to destroy reality, because then aren't they also erased? No, because a lot of the, it's, it's like an outer gods thing. Like, they, they exist outside of reality. So to, oh. to them, reality is like a plague oh. or an infestation. Interesting. But they don't exist in, they don't necessarily have to exist inside reality. But they manifest as these creatures that you're seeing in the B-roll. Mm. And they're easy as crap. This whole game, in fact, other than the boss fights, incredibly easy. Um, I mean, to be fair, that's also Dark Souls. Most, of the, most non-boss enemies, once you understand how they work are nothing or you can just run around them yeah like, you can't really run away from the enemies in this they'll keep tracking you down and eventually you get overwhelmed but it doesn't matter that like, makes a lot more sense in a game where you have distance combat though. yeah and this game to me was just a, th- a third person shooter now there is melee in this and they said that they've worked on it to make it better it still feels completely disconnected and janky to me i mean yeah, I, that, that tracks with the, with the original i had three different melee weapons none of them felt there good was to me. shooting in the first i didn't use a lot of shooting in the first one because i felt like the ammo was very limited i maybe that maybe that was I'm misremembering that oh the ammo in this but, never ending like you i i ran out of ammo like three times the entire time i played it like you get tons and tons of ammo you kill enemies that give you ammo all the time um and again like i just felt that this was just a typical third person cooperative shooter with great art great enemies um but i didn't feel like it was a souls like playing it because i would have quit after five hours if it was a souls like and i kept playing this game until it got bad at telling me what i needed to do um so this is set several decades after the last game and the root is back and you need to stop it before it it wipes out reality um it, it all begins you and a partner you're out in the wilds um when suddenly you stumble you stumble across this settlement called word 13 the story in this I would argue it's probably the weakest part of the game. Like, there's some of this other weird stuff that happens. Some people from... Because Ward 13 is like your home base that you go back to in between missions. You really need to, to open both doors for, like, four people to walk right. in. <laughs> well, this is entering Ward 13 for the first time. These people found you out in the field, and they brought you in. Once you get in there, some of the people in Ward 13, like, go out and start trying to work with, like, the root in these... The story... Again, the weakest part of this. Also, the character creation in this, not great. There's, it's one of those games where you choose from, like, ten heads, and you can't really tweak any of the facial features. Like, you have, like, X number of body types that you can select from. The character creation is, is a little bit anemic. I'll definitely concede to that. Um, but it's also one of those games where you're always seeing the back of your character anyway, so it doesn't really <laughs> matter all that much. Um, sort of like in the old Dark Souls games where it's like you spend all this time making the character and then you're just going to be hollow the whole time anyway. Yeah. Um, one of the other things that made this game feel like a bit of a grind to me is that pretty much the whole game is is generated on the fly. And so they take X number of elements, X number of enemies, X number of buildings, and they just copy and paste them with different color palettes. That, to me, got a little bit old, and it also made me quit because everything kind of looks the same mm-hmm. so if you're wonder if you're wandering around trying to figure out what you're trying to do and everything looks the same and when i say the same it's like the same bungalow is used over and over the same build it was a little bit like um battle bit remastered from last week where it's like hey here's this new map but here's the same exact building from the other map it's just color different like you get you get a little bit of that in this game as well because everything is just procedurally generated 
Um, there's five main areas, and there they are color palette swap, and there are certain enemies you only find in certain areas, but a lot of the enemies carry over too. Um, so again, I would say that the story in this, if you play games for a story, that's, this game is not going to keep you going um, in, in that way. It's more about the gameplay and the gameplay loop that'll keep you coming back for more. Um, but I guess one thing I will say too is that like I got stuck at a couple points, and there's really no way for people to help you because it's all randomly generated. So you kind of have to figure out the stuff on their own. The boss fights, that they could help, like guides and stuff can help you with that stuff. But if you're just trying to figure out where to go or what to do, because the, the levels are randomly generated, nobody can tell you, like, go here, make a right, go down two things, make a left. It's like, because your map is different from everybody else's that plays the game. Um, now, there is drop-in, drop-out co-op. You can play with up to two other people, and that works great. Like, there are constantly people coming into my game, coming out of my game. You have complete control over kicking them or banning them permanently. So if they come into your game and, like, mess with you, you can just get rid of them. You don't have to worry about it again. Um, and again, just organically, they come in and out. There was a couple times where people showed up right on cue, right before a boss fight. And I will say this, it does seem like they scale a little bit for how many people are playing, but not much. Like having extra players is a help in this game. Like they don't scale it. So now the boss has three times the hit points or whatever, because you have three people fighting against them. A lot of the stuff stays the same. So having somebody play with you actually does make the game easier. Um, you have a health bar and you have a stamina bar and they're kind of handled a little bit unique. Um, health can only be replenished at save points. Or there's some buffs that you get that will help you like slowly regenerate some health, but it takes a really long time. And the other thing I would say too is that there's like the there's a gray area with the health bar. So if an enemy attacks you, it takes health off your health bar, but it leaves a gray space. So you can basically rebuild half of your health that you lose over time. You don't lose it all based upon how much damage you're taking, I guess is the best way I can put it. There is a stamina meter, and Matt, you know typically how much I hate stamina meters, but they do something very smart in this game that every game should do after this, and that is you only lose stamina when you're in combat. So if you're sprinting, your stamina never goes down. If you're just adventuring around, there's no enemies around, your stamina never goes down. It's only in fights, and Matt, I think I have my stamina run out in this game like twice. Now, I will say this. This is an RPG, and you can go and you can build up your stats or whatever. I was dumping equal amounts of my stats into the stamina bar. So my health, I would take turns. Health this time, stamina next time. Health this time, stamina next time. That is how you do it. So I was building my stamina in this, but I never ran out. So again, a lot of the issues and the contrivances that I've had with quote-unquote Souls-likes have not reared their heads playing this game. And for me, and maybe somebody else out there who feels the same way I do about those games... That is a godsend. Um, the archetype is your class. There are 10 different classes in this game. You may have already seen from the B-roll. I chose the, I can't remember what the name of it is. I have a dog. Tra trainer. The trainer, yeah. And I have a dog. Now, you can instruct the dog to do much. You can double tap both top shoulder buttons and make him focus on an enemy to attack. But that's pretty much all you can do with him. Like he is kind of autonomous and does his own thing and he runs around. There's again, there's other things that you can tweak in the back end, so to speak, to make him a little bit more obedient. You can tell him to like stick closer to you or to go out and seek enemies, but that's pretty much all you can do. There's no commands you can really give him on the fly other than, Hey, I need you to focus on this very specific enemy right now. But otherwise the dog just kind of does his thing and he's awesome. Like, he saves your butt. Like, eventually you start fighting these enemies that are like roly-polies that roll at you and take off huge chunks of health. He is a guy. I can't imagine 
maybe that then the game would be like a souls like game if i didn't have the dog to fight those enemies because they just roll in at you out of nowhere like that's the other thing i'd say too the enemies in this will just pop up out of nowhere they'll spawn behind you like you'll never know where they're going to come from that can be exciting at times on the harder difficulty settings my guess is it would be really really annoying now like always i did play this on the default difficulty setting but in this game the default setting is the lowest so when you start the game, they set you up to play at the lowest difficulty setting that's actually in the game. And they say, this is what we recommend most players play. I would argue you might want to bump it up one, particularly if you have the trainer and the dog. I feel like the dog made the game maybe a little bit too easy. Um, and again, with the lack of stamina issues and things like that, there was nothing to kind of circumvent that stuff. Um, so again, archetype is your class. There's 10 different archetypes total. The handler is, it's actually the handler, Matt, is the, has the mm. dog. There's a gunslinger. There's a challenger, which is a tank. There's a hunter, which is a sniper. There's a summoner who obviously focuses on spells. There's an alchemist. There's an explorer, an engineer, and an invader. Each type, each archetype, has three different skills and four different perks that unlock as you use the class. So as I went on, the dog started gaining abilities that it would do on its own, that I didn't have to instruct it to do, it would just do. And there was like three of those, and then four like perks basically, which are buffs that the dog eventually gets, which will just like increase his range of awareness or his running speed, stuff like that. And so for each of the 10 classes, you get three different skills, and four different perks to unlock as you play with that class, which is a lot. Also, for each character, you have things that are called traits. Um, this is where you put the points into what you want it to be. Uh, and there are some traits that you don't affect at all. They just kind of go up on their own. Um, there's one called kinship, which is an archetype trait that just grows on its own as you use your class. But then there's vigor, which is health. Endurance, which is your stamina. And then expertise, which is your cooldown time. And generally, you get trait points after every major moment in the game. You defeat a boss, you get a trait point. You fight off this huge wave of enemies, you get a trait point. And you can go in and you can upgrade that stuff on the fly whenever you want. You just hit, like on the PlayStation, you just hit the touchpad, it brings up the menu, and you can go and apply those traits whenever you want. Now, I've not figured out how to respec. And I'm not even sure that there is a respec in this game, honestly. So I would say... Spend your points wisely. I've not found a way to get them all back and respec my character. Now you can start up to you can have up to five different characters going on your save at once. So you can have half of the classes playing at once if you want to, um, and you can take them into battle anytime if you want to. Um, and, and again, each one of those you get the three skills and the four perks that unlock as you play. Um, and again, trait points given out for major accomplishments, defeating a boss, surviving a, ma a major wave of enemies. And then you get to your character. And if you're, when your character, you have your, a helmet, armor, greaves, and bracers. And that's your armor that you have. And so you have four different armor pieces that you're constantly hoping to upgrade, but you never do. Huh. I still have... So you saw earlier in the B-roll, I bought that AK gun. Mm -hmm. I still have the AK. Like organically the game like never gives you new weapons there's a vendor back at hangar 13 or ward 13 or whatever where you can buy new weapons from and they're expensive but you can buy them but otherwise throughout the course of the game you never get new weapons i've got that one gun playing through the campaign i got two melee weapons and one extra handgun and that's it 
And I've played almost 20 hours of this game, and that's all they've given me. Now, you can take, like, I took that AK back to Ward 13, and there's a guy there who upgrades your guns. And you can spend your resources that you collect to upgrade the guns there. And so my when you upgrade the guns, it transforms them. So I, my gun started as an AK-47. Now it's like this crazy-looking, like, alien blaster thing. Um, so the changes in the upgrades for your weapons in this make a big difference, even though you don't get a lot of new ones organically playing through the campaign. Um, the map is very much like Metroid Prime. It's a 3D wire map. For the most part, it works fine. But again, when it starts getting complicated and like the pathways are over top of each other, it starts to get confusing and hard to understand. And again, I got to that point in the game where I could not figure out where it wanted me to go next because, largely, because of the map, unfortunately. Um, let's see. So the character, you have your helmet, your armor, your grease, and your bracers. And those do, you do get upgrades for those a lot more than your weapons, but still not a ton. Like, that helmet that I'm using in this, I'm still using. And this B-roll is from, like, the first hour that I played the game. And I'm still using that helmet and I think those greaves almost 20 hours later. So you don't, there's not a lot of gear churn, which I'm okay with. I'm tired of like these games where you get a new piece of gear and it's like a half a percent more powerful than what you're doing. And it just turns into this like nervous tick almost where you're constantly opening up the menu to check the gear to see if it's more powerful. than what. Like in this, you don't have to worry about it. Like generally, if if you're gonna get better gear, it's because you spent the resources to upgrade what you already have, and not because you stumbled across like a new helm or new greaves just playing through the game. How do you feel about that, Matt? Which which do you prefer? I don't really care. Yeah, like I I, I do kind of like the if you're throwing gear at me all the time early on, and then I get to the point where I've sort of settled on stuff that I'm like, this is good. I'm doing fine. I don't need to worry about min maxing every single thing I pick up anymore. Um, that kind of feels good to get to that point. It feels like you've sort of stabilized. Yeah. But also, I don't mind if, like, it's just, you know, here, there's all these different kinds of gear and weapons. You're going to upgrade the one, you're going to pick the one you like and upgrade that over and over again instead of having to hope that the next best thing you pick up is something you don't hate using. Yeah. So, I, I, I and a lot of the, the Souls-ish games have started to adopt that whole, like, look, there's... There, there used to be tons of weapons. Now it's just there's a different type of each. There's all these different types. Which one do you want to use? Mm -hmm. Stick with that one. There yeah. you go. You can you can upgrade it or find new ones as you like, but we're going to let you kind of stick with what you want to play as. Yeah. Which I appreciate. So, yep. so this doesn't seem like a bad system to me. Yeah, I like it. I, pr I prefer this, actually. I would prefer that games gave me less gear. I do understand that you have your, your uh, weapon modelers who are working in your art department who are making awesome guns, but this is a great way to handle it. When you upgrade the gun, the gun just transforms into a new gun. Yeah, the chat says there is a respec. Oh, there is a respec? How do you do it? Nexus 6 Baddie says Wallace has the orb of undoing. Oh, I have not uh, got that from Wallace. That's good to know, though. I'll be honest with you. Like, the way I spec'd out my character, I'm totally fine with it. But I just had been poking around in the menus and I didn't see it anywhere. Because usually that's where it is. Um... So Nexus says playing on easy settings. No, we, we, we've said this a million times on Game Face. We play on the default difficulty setting that the game selects. Yeah, he we said don't... that when you said that. He's joking. Oh. With the winking faces. Oh, oh gotcha. Because some people will make... But he said, I can tell. He might be playing on a higher setting. Maybe. Um, but I mean, I'll be honest with you. I feel like you guys should bump it up a setting. 
I found it to be too easy on the default setting that the game has set up. Now, it could make the bosses impossible because there were a couple boss fights where I had to fight them like 15 or 20 times to beat them. And then when I would beat the boss, it was always like I figured out some like corny way to do it or some stupid thing that the game wasn't telling you to do that if it had told you to do it, you probably would have beat the boss on the second try. Like it's that type of a deal. But if they were more challenging and more difficult, I it may be too much, honestly. And then the rest of the game is too easy. So I guess it's three of one and two of the other, depending on how you want to look at it. Um I love, you've been seeing the B-roll. I love the art and the enemy designs in this. The, the, the sound design in this is incredible. The sounds that the enemies make. There's audio cues for everything, even boss fights. Like, every attack has an audio cue. And, if you, and again, I fought some of these so many times that you start to figure out what the audio cues are. And they're very handy. Like, there's this one boss that you fight where you literally can't look at the boss. Because if you do, a madness meter builds up that makes him be able to mm. just drain your health. So you can only take peeks at the boss periodically. Very Lovecraft. But the audio cues from the boss tell you when to dodge. So there's this, he does this wave attack that you have to dodge or it takes half your health. You hear the audio cue, you do the dodge. Even though you don't see the attack, you, you dodge it perfectly. So the audio in this is incredible. I love the enemy designs in this. All the creatures are great. Like, there's a, a huge variety of the enemies in this. Like, I never got tired of fighting the same enemies over and over again. Um, I was really impressed with the production values in this game in general. Again, I really thought I was going to go into this game, and it was going to be a typical indie game. Low budget, lots of problems with the graphics. No. I haven't run into any issues. Like, this is a very polished game. In fact... I mean, it's Unreal 5, so it better be. This game was published by Gearbox, believe it or not, who's now starting, which is now starting to publish games more often. Somebody should snatch up this studio, is all I'm saying. It's called, like, Gun Studio or whatever. These guys are good, man. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if somebody snatches these guys up real fast and gets them in their, in their stable. Because these guys are making big-budget AAA games right now already and if you can just buy them for a couple hundred million dollars you have a machine to make big budget games for the foreseeable future so i love the art the graphics run great I never had a hint of slowdown character models one thing they could probably work on a little bit they can improve on but otherwise game looks and runs great the combat i already talked about how the melee feels disconnected the guns feel great they feel awesome like, the headshots feel, you get that little snap in the controller, the, the sound effects that tie into the gunplay, all great. Felt good to shoot the guns. I thought the melee felt like crap. Even the pistols in this feel good, because the pistols are like, they're almost like handheld machine guns. They fire at really high rates of speed, but they burn through their clip in like two seconds or whatever. Um, so they can come in handy, and even they felt good to use, and I hardly ever use pistols in video games. Like, hardly ever. But I use mine in this a lot. Um, there's no formal counter system in this, Matt. That may turn off some Souls people. There's a dodge roll, but there's no formal, like, okay, you dodged this, you timed it perfect, now I'm open for an attack. That stuff doesn't work. Mm -hmm. It's all just about, they finished their attack, I need to get in and attack as quickly as I can. Um, there's no formal process of, like, oh, I timed that perfectly, and now they're staggered, or now they're frozen, or now they're in slow motion. There's none of that. You just dodge the attack, and that's pretty much it. And that's how it works. And it it's fine. But I do realize there are some people who like the more pragmatic approach where there's a system set up where, oh, 
I timed that dodge perfectly, and now the enemy has reacted to it, and now I have a window to attack. That's not how this game works, but I didn't feel like it was worse for it. Um, and again, I played it, you know, close to 20 hours, and I got lost, and I have lost interest in it, and now I'm waiting for Baldur's Gate 3 to roll in, but if I had spent $50 on this game, I've already got my money's worth. Like, I feel like I've already got $50 worth of entertainment out of this game, and so if someone's asking me, like, should Shane, should I buy this game at 50 bucks? Yeah. I think it's even on discount maybe right now. It's on Epic Game Store. It's not on Steam. I think it might be even a little bit cheaper on Epic mm -hmm. Game Store right now. But if you want to buy the PlayStation or the Xbox version, they are 50 bucks right now. And I think it's worth it. I'm actually surprised that it's not 60. Like if it was 70, I'd be like, that's too much. But if it were 60 bucks, I'd be like, I, okay. Because again, don't forget, it's cooperative for up to three players. It's randomly generated so it's never the same so there is a little bit of mixing up the enemies and the environments and things like that there's a little bit more incentive for replay than there would be for a game where everything's just built and that's the way it is um obviously by now most of our audience knows whether they enjoy games that are randomly generated or not i typically don't and this did get a little bit repetitive at times but again the enemies just kept me on my toes and kept mixing things up um and so i've had a blast playing this i'm plus another game from 2023 that i am pleasantly surprised by and i would recommend buying it at 50 bucks if look if you're not thinking about getting Baldur's gate 3 this is a great game for you to pick up instead um the rpg elements obviously are nowhere near as in depth as what you get with a Baldur's gate game but they're still pretty pretty deep um i did feel like i was able to construct a playable character that i enjoyed playing with um through the tools that they give you to do so. Um, there's also, so I wish I could find the B-roll so I could walk you guys through it really quickly. Well, actually right there it is. What luck, that is insane. <laughs> okay, so I'll just show you this very quickly. Um, those two things on the top left, those are just tied into your, your archetype, your class. Um, and then the row across the top, you can see the survivor or the, row, the, the stuff on the left-hand side. Those are your armor. So you can see right now I've selected the survivor overcoat. That's my armor right now. Above it is the helm. And then you can see the boots and then the, the sleeves below that. All along the top are, let me see if I can remember what those are called. There's a specific word for them, but I can't remember what they're called. And then on the right-hand side, you traits. can equip traits. Yeah, that's right. And then on the right, you can equip up to four rings that you get. And they're not like Final Fantasy 16, where they're for accessibility. They're legitimately there to help you play through the game. So you have four different rings equipped at the same time. And then a talisman is at the top there, which is basically just like a necklace that you can... In. And those are all just basically for buffs for the most part. Um, you can see a little more clearly there now. Um, so you see those things on the right-hand side. This is obviously early in the game, so I haven't unlocked them yet. But the top one is for your amulet, and then the four underneath that are all for rings that you can equip to give yourself buffs. And, like, I'm a ranged character, so all my buffs I selected were for range, and it makes a huge difference. Like, you can see it right away. Um, the other thing, too, at the very bottom of the left, so you see the four armor pieces, and then the empty one at the bottom left, that is, like, your special, basically. And, like, I did unlock, I've unlocked, like, four of those, and the one that I'm using is this special called Witchfire, um, and what you do for your alt fire on your gun is you just tap R1 and that switches to your alt fire. And my gun's alt fire, the witch fire, just lays down this pathway of fire that literally just melts enemies. Like it's, it's crazy overpowered. It is on a cooldown. It does take a long time for that cooldown to actually um, reset. And so I tend to only use that stuff on boss fights um, because again, the rank and file enemies aren't that tough to beat. But even bosses, man, like some of the like the mini bosses in this, that hellfire just wipes them out. You just watch their health bar just go whoop, 
and gone. So I've had a lot of fun playing this, honestly. Um, I was pleasantly surprised by it. I think it's really good. Again, it's only 50 bucks. I think it could easily sell for 60. Um, it does have drop in and drop out co-op. You can have people come in and play with you at any time. You can put a call out for help if you want to on your friends list. Um, it has all those bells and whistles that you need for a good cooperative game. So it's not annoying. You don't have jerks coming into your game and griefing you or ruining your time. Um, I'm really like, again, this game for me came in kind of out of nowhere and this studio I would not be surprised in the next six months if we hear about it being acquired by some other larger company. Mm -hmm. And they should. If you're smart, this is a company that you should try to snatch up. So that's Remnant 2. Do you have any questions about it, Matt? Not really. No? It, it does look better than Lies of P. Yeah. It's, oh, it's way better than Lies of P, having played both, at least for me personally. But I, there's no room for it right now yeah lies of p is more of a souls like yeah, way more oh, than this sure. game is for sure lies of p is basically a bloodborne sequel yeah sleeping turtle 3 thank you for twitch prime um mitchell is alive says the team should make a sequel to the order 1886 yeah because i don't think we're ever going to get that no commander fed is saying i thought gunfire was part of thq if they are that's a great get if not someone should snatch them up i'm not aware actually i don't i don't know but I don't know why, if they were a part of THQ, why would Gearbox be publishing this game? Yeah, I don't know. So I don't think that that's the case. I may be wrong, but I don't think I, don't think I am. Um, let's see if you guys have any questions about it. <laughs> Pharaoh Doll, they've been trying to get me to buy it for a week every time I load Steam. Yeah. Oh, they're saying it's all on Steam. Okay. I thought for sure it was only on EGS. Um, Congrim says there's also a slide in the controls is there a slide if there is i don't remember using it i don't know enemies do it all the time but i haven't used it I, that would be a shame if i missed that somehow um let's see if you guys have any other questions nope gear upgrades were in there first they removed them as they considered them bloat yeah i mean that's the one thing i would say about this game in general is it is lean and mean it really does cut out kind of all the bs that you need the nomenclature they use, like, just calling it, like, an archetype instead of a class. Like, the whole game is kind of like that. Mm -hmm. they, they come up with their own word for, like, everything. I don't think games need to do that. How do you feel about that? Like, I feel I like there are care. certain terms that we just, everybody knows what they are. Like, just use them. I don't really care. Yeah. Um, I think it can, get, it can get obnoxious when something like, you know, like Destiny, just everything, <laughs> everything's like a needless. Jorgerhorn. Def, <laughs> definite. Well, not, not Gallerhorn. I mean, like. I'm just saying in general. Like, when it's like when, they, when everything's a definite article in front of a capitalized normal word. Right. It's like the darkness. Yeah. yeah. The citadel. <laughs> the tower. Yeah. The council. The yeah. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. The visitor. It's just like, yeah, I get it. Like, it's like, everything's the. Everything's very specific. Yeah. But, um. I don't know, whatever. You know, it, archetypes, whatever. So, yeah, they're classes. We can call them what we're going to call them. Sound Wizard, thank you for Twitter. You, well. you can try to say it's X all you want. It's Twitter. Yep. Business um, says Gearbox is part of Embracer. I don't know, actually. Is that true? Did they buy up Gearbox as well? Gearbox? I, yeah. I didn't hear that, if that's true. I don't know. Yeah, I didn't know that either, if that's the case. Um, the Legacy says THQ and Gearbox are owned by Embracer Group. So, I guess technically gun might be owned by embracer but not thq but still in the same umbrella under the same umbrella mm -hmm. randomly well if that is the case then embracer that is one studio that it bought gun, that gunfire gunfire games. gunfire yeah. games yeah that's it yep mitchell is alive thank you for twitch prime as well um 
Okay, that's it. Doesn't look like you guys have any more questions about the game. So we will move on to the other game I played this week, which is The Expanse, the long-awaited return of Telltale, Matt. However, it's been curious to discover that Telltale actually wasn't even really the lead developer on this. It was mm -hmm. Deck Nine, which is the studio that made the last Life is Strange game. It's getting very mm -hmm. complicated. <laughs> but Telltale did do some co-developing. Telltale is the publisher of this game. Well, and I this bought Gearbox for $1.3 billion. Gearbox for $1.3 billion? That's what the Abrams says. Whoa. No wonder Randy was able to buy the Magic Castle. <laughs> that is a huge overpay. Holy crap, dude, their IP is not worth that. No. I mean, Borderlands, did you even get I mean, Borderlands with I that? mean, get that bag, but like, yeah. <laughs> I, I, oh, wow. Wow, that's Embra insane. Embracer has no interest in getting a decent price for this. That is crazy. Man, again, the duck insulting agency could have saved you. <laughs> somebody really thinks that Borderlands movie is going to do better than it, than it is going to do. Yeah, apparently. Um, anyway, back to The Expanse. Now, The Expanse is based on... Did you ever watch the TV show, Matt? I watched the first season. Did uh, you not like it? I liked it. I just didn't continue i just didn't get back to it basically I, th I thought it was pretty good but that's why i didn't play this because like i'm like i don't looking at it i don't think i know enough about the story to understand what's happening doesn't matter no i have not watched a single episode of the expanse and i jumped right into this game no problem it's a prequel set mm. before the tv show um so this sets up the stuff that happens on the show i would argue actually that if you are a fan of the show it might be a detriment to playing this game because you know ultimately what happens to these characters eventually hmm. so you may know like say for example you see a character in this and you're like i've never seen that character before but i watched the show religiously chances are that character dies in this game see what i'm saying mm -hmm. like it actually could be a detriment to playing this if you actually know the property but the show was three seasons on sci-fi and then they canceled it and then fans freaked out and Amazon Prime picked it up and did another three seasons. And its last season ended last year, and now it's done for good. It's canceled. Yeah. Which is unfortunate, really, that this game is coming out after, you know, kind of the hoopballs all over around the show. But it seems like unanimously people love that show. And I am disappointed mm -hmm. that I haven't watched it. And now I may go back and actually watch the show. It's, it's pretty decent hard sci-fi. Like as far as TV show adaptations, yeah. Go. Like you know, it's it's based on, on books that are you know, they get the science as right as they can mm -hmm. for what's happening. There's yeah. a lot of worry about pressure and and gravity and you know how that all works and like that people on Mars are a little taller because they there's less gravity there mm -hmm. and all that. You know, they, they get into all that. Yeah, and what it's like to try to live on like an asteroid station and things like that. It's interesting. What I read about the show just to prepare to play this game was that it. How did they put it? it? It makes the value of it delete or depletes the value of human life. Mm -hmm. The human life isn't worth that much ultimately when everyone's living in space. Did you feel like the show that was yeah, one of the big I messages? Mean, I mean, the idea that life's cheap and we're yeah. a lot of people. It's you know, it's a class warfare thing to a mm -hmm. large degree. It's like yeah, people are disposable cogs in a massive machine that's built to make money for an elite few. Mm -hmm. It's a, it's a non-subtle criticism of capitalism writ large. You know, yeah, it's not. Yeah, that kind of thing. Much well, like a lot of sci-fi stuff like this, you know, it's, yeah. it's uh, some of that in Total Recall too. That's true. Yeah, and there's a lot of you know the, the the basically there's a lot of stuff about the people that end up in various places in the solar system 
or out in space, like those places develop their own cultures. And at a certain point, uh, you know, enough people get born or live or grow up on Mars that they don't consider themselves Earthlings anymore. Yeah. And that's where the conflicts come in. It's, ba- it's almost like a civil war story. Mm. Interesting. Um, so the way the season, way it's set up is season one has five episodes and there's going to be a bonus sixth episode is DLC. Um, and basically they put out the, the first episode just came out a couple days ago. And then every episode is staggered two weeks. So it takes two weeks for the next episode to come out until they get through all mm. five. They haven't really shared the release schedule for the bonus DLC episode yet. Um, so we don't know if that'll come two weeks after the last, after episode five or what. Um, but there will be a sixth episode. How do you feel about this, Matt? Because I'll be honest with you, like with Baldur's Gate coming, I would have preferred if they just put out all five episodes at once. And I got to play them when I had the time to play them instead of having to wait two weeks mm-hmm. and then wait two weeks. and then... I mean, two weeks isn't bad. I mean, I'm, I played Kentucky Route Zero, and that took six years at some point mm-hmm. to get that last episode out. Yeah. So that's, you know, because the problem with the episodic thing for me was that sometimes they would be spaced so far apart that I'd forget what happened. Yeah. Um, two weeks is all right. But, yeah. like, yeah, generally I would prefer. About, the other thing about these kinds of games it's bit like the Telltale stuff. It's so samey through the whole thing that playing the entire thing in one go over the mm-hmm. course of a day or two tended to get a little much for me. So I can see the argument for both sides. I just think the breaking it up, I can see helping, you know, keeping me kind of keeping a little fresh to come back to periodic. I just think you need to really stick to that schedule and have that schedule be. I mean, it has to be done. Like you yeah. can't like make it, put it out and then make the next one. Right. Like, that's right. too long. Like I think if you're gonna do it, like do it every week, do it every two weeks is fine. Mm-hmm. But a month, I think, is pushing it. Yeah, yep. Um, I would have preferred to be able to have, play them all at once. Honestly, um, I just, I, I, same with like Netflix shows. Like I always prefer if they just put them all all at once. I know people say like, oh, but then you lose like the water cooler talk. I like I don't do that. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> I work it from is, home. It is better for the shows to put them out. Week to, week to week, yeah. Like like the it builds bear, hype during the builds week hype. It makes it part of the zeitgeist. Makes it part of the, the conversation. Like the fact that they dumped the whole new season of the bear out in one thing. Like that's gone already. Mm-hmm. Like like no one's talking about it again. No, that's a good it's point. Over. Yeah. Like whereas like it does got, extend the lexicon. Yeah. I don't know if that applies to like a video game though. Yeah. Like, I, just, I haven't seen anyone talking about this one way or the other. It's like my wife so. doesn't go to work at her job and stand around the water cooler talking about a video game. Like she may, she may talk about Game of Thrones right. or The Last of Us or something that way. Not happening with a game. So I don't know. I would prefer to have the flexibility on my side for me to decide whenever I want to spend the time playing the games. But you're, there is a, a certain element. If you do have a lot of friends who are maybe playing this mm. game, you're right. You could talk about the game for a couple of weeks or maybe even go online on social media and talk to fans about it. I don't know. I just always prefer to get them all at once and be able to consume them at my own pace. Um, so this game is set three years before the show, and you play as Kamina Drummer, who apparently was a fan favorite in the TV show, mm-hmm. but was a bit part and didn't get a lot of exposure in the show. She's the star of this one. The other thing, too, to your point, Matt, about burning out, this whole thing is set on a sh- the same ship. Mm-hmm. So you're right. Like, all five episodes, you're in this same, like, ship basically dealing with the same selection of people which does help build intrigue because that's how you build relationships the one thing i would say about this too is that things happen real fast in this like you go from being like an acquaintance acquaintance to like best bros in like five or ten minutes you kind of have to for games like this i feel like 
Um, but that is one thing I would say. The pace with things happen in this are are very fast. For example, like you just saw in the B roll, that little like wrestling scene between the two mm-hmm. women. Well. Next scene, they're like into each other. Like, <laughs> there's no like flirting or no like buildup of the relationship. It's like next scene, they're both like, "Hey, you're kind of hot." Like things move fast in this, to say the least. Um, so again, it is set three years before the show. You do not have to have watched the show at all to enjoy this. Like again, I haven't watched a single episode, and I've really enjoyed my time playing this. Um, I got sucked right in, and the pacing is just awesome. Like there's no throwaway scenes in this every scene matters and i think that's what helps like jump forward in time as much there's not as much character development but it just keeps things moving it's like bam 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 and every scene matters something of consequence happens in every scene related to one of the people um per episode there seems to be two or three huge decisions that you make and when i say huge decisions that means what the he'll remember that or she'll remember that flashes up on the screen. Mm -hmm. And then there's just lots of little smaller decisions that you need to be made. Like one of the bigger decisions I had to make in this was you come upon a crew member who has his leg stuck in a door and there's a, a pod on the other side of the door that has like oxygen tanks and food and all this stuff that you're going to need for the whole crew to survive for the next however many months. And you have to decide, do you shut the door and cut the guy's leg off or do you open the door and lose that pod that has all the food and all the other stuff in it? So hmm. I'm not going to spoil some of the other decisions. We're not going to talk about the room full of floating severed heads you just went through? That's not a decision, though. Oh. So so the, the setup for this is that you are a part of a scavenger crew. You and your ship, all you do is fly around the galaxy, find shipwrecks or abandoned ships, board them, take all the stuff that's worth anything off of the ship, and then leave. And... Your leader in this, at the beginning of of the first episode, says, hey, I've come across the ultimate score. This ship has stuff in it that is worth so much money. This is our last score. We're going to make so much off of this. We can retire. We'll never have to do it again. And of course, they're like, yeah, you say that every time we go to investigate a score or whatever. When you get there, and that's what you're doing right now. You've just now got to the ship and you're investigating the ship. You get there, you realize that it's kind of a... Uh, I don't want to ruin it, actually. I don't want to spoil anything. But anyway, that's what you're doing. You go and you find ships and you try to like strip out. It's like homeless people stripping all the copper out of an apartment complex or whatever. You go and you strip all the valuable stuff out of the ships. And then you take it and you go and you sell it on the black market or whatever. That's kind of the whole setup for this. And you are on the ultimate score. You, that's where you're at right now. You're on the ship that you flew to to try to take all the stuff of value out of it. Once you get there, something happens that I'm not going to spoil because it's kind of a big twist to the, to the entire story. Um, but again, after you play this for like 10 or 15 minutes, you realize very quickly that every scene matters. Every scene makes a difference. Every scene is, is tying into what's going to come later in, with your decision making. And so you do, you sit on the edge of your seat because you know every moment that you're playing this game, it actually makes a difference in what's going to happen on down the road. Um, the other thing I would say about this is more active than most Telltale games. You've already seen it, like flying around in zero gravity. You just saw the scene there where I used like the laser cutter to cut open the panel and like look inside the panel. There's just a lot more activity in this. So you have like your you, you have basically magnet boots that you can use. Like I think it's the R2 button that you turn them off or on. If you turn them off, you start floating and you have free full control in space. If you turn them on, you will attach to whatever floor is closest to them. And as you'll see, as we go through this area of the ship here, 
there is no end that's like up like it's just it's kind of like hexen or any of those games where you just have full 360 degree control figuring out which end is up can be the problem now i will say this too I cut it out of the B-roll because I'll have to use the B-roll later on probably for other purposes or whatever. But I did have a bug in this part of the game where I went to attach to the floor and I attached to the outside of the ship and I was suddenly boundary broken outside of the game world. I'll say this though, I found my way back in. <laughs> I flew around all over the outside of that ship until I found some area that I thought looked weak and I managed to force my way back into the ship and continue the game. But there was a bug, that was a bug that I came across. Also, the weirdest bug ever, Matt. Some of the voice lines in this, the levels are beyond peaked. They're just completely just like because the levels are so high that they just distort. I have never seen that in a video game before. Hmm. I have, and I was like, "Am I hearing things?" And then when I was cutting together the B-roll for the show, I went and looked at the waveforms in Premiere, and they're all peaked out. I I've never seen an issue like that in a video game. Have you? No, that's unusual. I mean, only in emulation. Yeah, I've never seen it from an actual released. So there's. There's a little bit of stuff in this that isn't, it's not quite polished up yet. And again, they have another episode coming out in two weeks and another episode coming out after that in two weeks. So I don't know how much time they're going to have to go back and kind of fix some of these issues. But those were a couple small issues that I came across while playing the game. Um, quick time events, like all games of this ilk, there are tons of quick time events. There, I don't even know why they're there, Matt. The, you probably saw some of them earlier. The window that they give you to input the commands is gigantic. You literally have, like, I'm not exaggerating, like, 15 seconds to input a command before they, fa they will fail you. So while there are quick time events in here, they're really just a means to an end. Like, you're not going to fail them. Um, I think they just do that to try to keep the game more active. But to me, it's already more active. They didn't really need to do that. Um narratively i think the story's great like i totally got sucked into kamina drummer i love her she's a great character she has hard decisions to make and that's the key to making these games fun to play is presenting the player with really difficult decisions and like i just shared one of them that's the easiest one that you make in the first episode like there's two other ones that are just like gut-wrenching and one thing i do like about this there's no timer on making your decisions it's so nice to be able to just sit there and ponder it as long as you want to. Instead of being under the gun and making a decision that you don't want to make. Um, here's another smaller decision that you make here. Um, and there's scanning, Matt. I know how much you love scanning. <laughs> Not quite the same. No, it's a little frivolous in this, honestly. This is like a small like investigative section of the game that you have to play through. Um, but... So far, the story has to be completely hooked. Each episode is an hour to an hour and 15 minutes. So when it's all said and done, the whole thing's going to be probably around seven hours long, I would guess, something like that. The episodes do go by pretty quickly. But again, that's a testament to the, the pacing and the plot in the story. They're just great. And it just makes the time really whip by because there's just really no dead time or downtime while you're playing the game. Um, yeah couple bugs and those are really my only complaints about this matt like i really really enjoyed it um i'm excited to finish it off play the last episodes of it 
um, and give those a go. But I am totally hooked on it. Again, as someone who never watched a single episode of the show and honestly had never even really heard of the show that much before I started playing this. Like, I think I had heard maybe you mention it once or twice or somebody else mention it. I really knew very little about it and I've really enjoyed it. Now, it is $40 for all five episodes. And again, you do get the six bonus DLC episode. That's a little steep for me. $40. So last game we just talked about, $50 for a game that's like 30 hours long. $40 for something that's going to take you seven hours. That seems a little steep to me. Maybe you can find it at a discount out there after all the episodes are out there. A lot of times that happens. Once like all of them are out, they'll discount it to try to get you on board. Usually. But $40 for a Telltale game... I mean, that's about what they ask. Is that what they were asking back then? It seemed like they were like 25 or 30. The whole season, 30. I mean, that's, what, 12 years ago? Inflation. (laughs) It gets you up to 40, I guess. 12 years ago. (laughs) Yeah, it's been 12 years. I guess you're right. Um, Still, I mean, we we play and review a lot of games, and I think we both of us have a pretty good handle on what the appropriate amount is to charge for each game that we play. And I would say this one feels a little bit overpriced to me, but I still really enjoyed it. Um, and I think anybody who enjoys narrative-driven games will as well. And I think if you like sci-fi, all the better. Um, if you like whodunits, if you like mysteries, I think you'll like it as well. Yeah, genre-wise, there's not really much like this in this space. There's really not. Nope. Um, and I've written, again, the lead character in this is great. Also, that woman that has the really coarse voice from the boys is in this. She's in, like, every game now. What's oh, her yeah. name? Oh, you mean like... The, she's like... She's, rah, 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 rah. she's in Mirage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't ever remember her name. But, but yeah, she's, she's in this as well. I mean, she's been in Brown forever. But now, all of a sudden, she's just in everything, man. It seems like every game I play, she's in I there think somewhere. somebody somebody got her to do a, a game thing, and I think she liked it. And now, yeah. all of a sudden, she's available for that. You so. definitely recognize her right away. And she drops the F-bomb. She's Very a, regular. I mean, there's no reason to hire her if you don't want her to swear. She's yeah, really yeah. good at that. <laughs> yep. Um, so, again, this is The Expanse. There's five episodes, six total, with a bonus episode. I enjoyed the crap out of it. Out of it. I do think the price is a little high. Um, but, you know what? I'm willing to pay a little bit of a tax just to see Telltale come back. Like, this place has been... They've been gone since, what, 2018? Mm-hmm. So, five years since they've disappeared. And remember, when they left... It, the, there was all these questions about the workforce or the the environment in at the in the office was bad and blah blah blah. Um, so it sounds like that they've revived Telltale with a better work culture. Well, it sounds more like Telltale is a publishing house now, and they're just contracting people to a make, little bit. Make like they Telltale did work games. on the development of this, but it was in conjunction with Deck Nine. So, mm-hmm. and it could just be that Telltale was just consulting on the script or the pacing and stuff like that and deck nine did all the heavy lifting i don't know but according to all official documentation it was co-developed by the two of them Mm -hmm. and published by telltale so it's good to see you back like i generally liked pretty much all telltale stuff i never really did burn out on it although i did burn out on the walking dead a little bit the walking dead was i had to fight through that last season that i played of the walking dead but I mean, how many seasons did they have, though? A lot. Like, it took a long time before that happened. And I like how this is more active. It's more of an action adventure versus just an adventure game. Although it still really is an adventure game. It doesn't quite stray enough yeah, this, to be an action this adventure. This seems to have uh, be about on the level of, like, Batman. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're moving around. You're doing something. You weren't, like, fighting people, yeah. really. Yeah. There, well, there was, like, that one fight with quick time. But, but yeah, but you're, it's not, it's an, not like, active. It's not action. Yeah. Yep, so anyway, it's called The Expanse. It is available for everything. Every major platform, PC, both PlayStations, both Xboxes, and Switch. 
Um, and again, it is 40 bucks, which is a little bit steep, um, but I still had a blast with it. And I probably ultimately did get my $40 worth of entertainment out of it when it was all said and done. And I'm gonna get out of this B-roll before you see what decision I made on that thing I was talking no, about. I already earlier. saw it. Oh, really? Oh, it already popped up. All right. Well, then you know what I decided. And also, like, like other... that fucker's leg right off. <laughs> Would you have chosen the other way? Well, I don't know what the vault is. What do you mean the vault? It says, like, lose the vault or lose the vault The vault was the pod that had all the, the oxygen and the food in it. Oh, it was lose, sitting lose, in an oh, airlock. Losing that leg. Yeah, you did, yeah. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> in universe, that would definitely be the choice. Well, after I made that decision, one crew member says, you made the right decision, and then two others go, you're an idiot. Mm-hmm. Like, you may have killed us. So... Yeah. You're probably right on that one. Um, and this also, when you finish each episode, it does the thing where it shows you your decisions right. and what percentage what of all the people that played it made the decisions. And to be fair, the majority of people did choose what I chose. Yeah. To save the leg and not the pot of resources. I mean, yeah, in, in, in an ethical situation in real life, probably. But in real life, we're not going to run out of air. Yeah. yeah. You know, like this, it's easier in a video game. Like, if that was a real life decision to me... Mm-hmm. I probably would have, because he'll live, right? Yeah, he'll live. There's probably bionic legs. Right. Yeah, it, it, yeah. It's all right. Like I probably know. would have saved the food in the office. It's, it's, a, it's, a, <laughs> it's a hazard of the job. Yep. Anyway, so there you go. That is The Expanse. I enjoyed it a lot, and it is great to see. I enjoyed it so much my voice cracked. <laughs> and it is great to see Telltale back making and at least publishing video games again. And with that, it's time for... Well, that's right. It's time for Name That Game, where I show you a collection of screenshots from a video game, and you try to guess the name of the game. A couple rules before we get going. If you've won this year, do not play. You can't win twice in a calendar year. You can only win once, so just stay out of it. Don't give any hints. Just let people play, sit back, and enjoy. Um, Also, if you're not a PC game player, please do not play because the winner of this gets a free game, but it's a PC game. Now, if you have a friend who likes to play PC games, Totally cool. If you have some place to give the code where it's going to be used, totally fine with it. If I'm gonna give you the code and it's just gonna sit there unused, please don't play. And then the final thing to keep in mind is that we put the chat on slow mode while we play name that game, which means you can only put input one chat every 60 seconds. So make them count. The worst thing that could happen is I show a new screenshot, you know exactly what the name of the game is, and because you guess something all willy-nilly, you can't type it in and you don't win. So just keep those things in mind as we get going. Um, This is a more traditional name that game. I'm hoping I can make it to the third screenshot, but you guys are too damn good, and I probably won't. So Where's my damn cat? Yeah, actually, we have not seen Luna has been AWOL this entire episode. She's on the couch downstairs. I think she's happy there. Yeah. Usually she's happy up here, though, in her little co-host chair. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All right. So are you guys ready? Are you ready, Matt? Sure. All right. Here we go with Name That Game for Game Face episode 352. And here is the first image. Hmm. So either you know what the grass looks like in this game or you don't. If you do, you'll get it. If you don't, you won't. No guesses yet. Ghost of Tsushima, no. But I can see why you would guess that. Yeah. But it's not. 
I don't think the grass was as detailed as that in Ghost of Tsushima. No, this is too realistic for Ghost of Tsushima, really. Dragon's Dogman, no. Walking Dead, no. That's a good guess, though, Kevin. Red Dead Redemption, no. MGS5, no. No guesses, Matt? I don't know. Maybe maybe Last of Us 2? Nope, but that's a good guess. Okay. I think we're ready for the next one. Farming Sim 2023. (laughs) (laughs) They wish the grass looked that good in that game. (laughs) Last of Us, no. Death Stranding, no. Final Fantasy 16, no. All right. Looks like we're going to make it to at least a second screenshot. All right. Here we go. The second screenshot is live right now. Forspoken? Nope. That's a good guess, though. Not Forspoken. Nightmares 452. Also guess Forspoken. That's funny. Assassin's Creed Origins? No. Assassin's Creed Vikings? No. <laughs> Death Stranding? No. Kingdom Come Deliverance? No. Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII Reunion? No. The Last Guardian? No. Looks too good to be the last Yeah. Guardian. Your memory is failing you on that one. Mega Drive guy. Dragon Age Inquisition, no. Assassin's Creed Odyssey, no. Plague Tale Requiem, no. But that's, that's a good, good guess. One. That's yeah. a good guess. Someone else guessed Plague Tale Innocence right afterwards. But no, both are wrong. Mm-hmm. Sorry, guys. Or girls. Hellblade, no. We already did Hellblade. So that's another thing I should say is like I try to never repeat games. Mm-hmm. So if you can remember that we've done a game before, chances are I may make a mistake and accidentally repeat games, but I try not to. So just keep that in mind going forward when we play name that game. Okay, I think we're ready for screenshot three. I did it. I made it to the third screenshot. And here it is. That gives away a lot more. Oh, yeah. Is that uh, Horizon Forbidden West? Nope, it's not. Witcher 3, no. Two people guessed Witcher 3. God of War, no. Couple God of Wars, no. JM Rain's got it. It's Shadow of Mordor. Shadow of Mordor or Shadow of War? Shadow of Mordor. The first one? Yeah. Looks better than I remembered. Delfino got it too. Actually, a bunch of people got it from that. Not Cirque also got it. But J.M. Rain was first, and he's the winner. Once again, a round of applause. I love seeing people like J.M. Rain win. This is Shadow of Mordor 2, which is not a game. Nah, we'll let it pass. Well, the other guys wrote, Oh, Shadow, Oh, Oh, Mordor. Oh, Shadow, Oh, Mordor. (laughs) The the Irish edition. If I say no to that, then no one will ever get it. You see why I have to, like, allow it? Mm -hmm. Because I sends people off the scent then they'll be like oh it's not shadow of mordor it has to be something else so yeah you got it right um yeah so there you go congratulations here's screenshot number four i think that would have given away the middle earth part of it or probably should it anyway and then here is the fifth screenshot and that shows your character there in the bottom left and shows you some orcs and some other goodies there that definitely would have given it away J.M. Rain, and look, J.M. Rain wins, and then he gives away tier one subs. <laughs> That's not supposed to work that way. <laughs> I was just saying, I was like, we can finally give something back to you after you've given away so many subs in our chat. Like, week after week, you're always giving away subs, which is awesome. 
And I'm like, finally, we can return the favor and give him something. And there you go, giving away more. Two- and there you go, Sound Wizard too. You guys are just. <laughs> Emperor Dread says, "Win, win." Yep. Um, okay. Well, we do have enough time to answer maybe a question or two, but not a ton of time. Um, so let's see if we've got one in here or one or two that we can answer very quickly. Thank you again for the subs, Sound Wizard and JM Rain. Oh wow, Sound Wizard gave away a ton of them. Wow. Thank you, man. That's amazing. Wow. Dude, that's so great. That's just awesome. Thank you. Um, Mike's Q says, you should do a name that game from an unreleased game one week. Hmm. <laughs> I don't think it will be able to sit here forever, unfortunately. Um, okay. Zet Saber Juno. Matt, you said you own physical copies of all Zelda games. Does that include the CDI ones? No, those aren't Zelda games. Yeah. I don't think we consider those actual Zelda games. <laughs> Um, El Guapo3385 for the next Nintendo console launch what would be your ideal software lineup I think it's coming I think we're going to get it well we're not because there'd be a real Zelda in there well right but uh, my guess is that the, the next 3D Mario and Mario Kart 9 Mario Kart 9 a few other things the next 3D Mario Metroid Prime 4 probably some enhanced version of Tears of the Kingdom is probably what mm-hmm. the launch is going to be and I think that's amazing <laughs> like that is like the best Nintendo launch Ever. Yeah, you probably coincide that with the last DLC. Or yeah. Something. Yeah. I, I I think it's going to be the best launch ever. Provided... And, and a new Pokemon. That would be... Actually, it would be about the right time for it, the next Pokemon Legends. It kind of would be. I mean, it could be an amazing launch. A lot of it's going to depend on... maybe that on, would be like right after in the launch window or something. Yeah. A lot of it's going to depend on what Nintendo does over the next 12 months. Like how many games it decides it wants to release to mm-hmm. keep its momentum going. Because it really looks in. like they're starting to pull back. Yep. And prepare. Yep. And so that's the X factor to me. is like what Nintendo wants to do with Switch software over the next 12 months. Whether it wants to release it or start holding some stuff back. My feeling, though, is that like, it's going to have like four or five bangers ready for the launch just organically mm. with just the timing of how everything's working out. Like, and that and may be why. Well, and also, I think they're all going to be backwards compatible. Yeah, probably. It's going to look and play better. Yeah, on the and they'll even look and be- play better on the new console. You can't tease Metroid Prime 4 from the announcement of the system and not put it on the Switch in some form. You think that it'll be a Switch game still? I think it'll be both. I don't know, man. There's not going to be a single only works on the new system game in the launch. You don't think so? You think they'll all be backwards compatible with the first Switch? 100%. That sucks. That's disappointing to hear. But it can scale it. I mean... That's it. It's just just graphical options. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. It can scale it and make it look better if you have the better system. That's all. Yeah. Um, okay, let's get to maybe we it's can not going to be moment. enough of a leap to be like, oh, it didn't use the hardware ability to make really complex. No, it's just going to be a minor upgrade that barely brings into some kind of thing resembling parity with like something that you would want to buy in 2016. Yep, but it doesn't matter because it's Nintendo. Surf Spider, thank you for Twitch Prime. Uh, Cinetike asks, PS5 Pro rumors and leaks keep coming, creeping up. They do, man. They won't stop, and it does seem like it's going to happen, Matt. It really does. Uh, if we get a PS5 Pro with a big performance bump from the base console, how much do you think it will affect performance on base PS5 for upcoming games? I worry base PS5 will become a 30 frames per second only platform. It kind of is already, Cinetike. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's performance modes. That, I mean, we want the ray tracing on, usually. Yeah, I mean, a lot of times, yeah. if you get what they marketed the PlayStation 5 for, it's a 30 frames per second console. Yeah, I'm not 100% believing the Pro is a thing. 
I, I think it may be more of a slim. There's a lot of smoke, man. I think it's more of a slim. Though. Yeah. I, think I mean, a, it sounds like it's both. I think it's a cost cutter. I don't think it's a big performance bump. I it sounds like there's going to be both. Me. It sounds like the slim may come this year and the pro may come next year. Mm. I mean, I'm with you. I've been saying there wouldn't be a pro all along. I'm shocked that these stories keep popping up. And people keep saying, like, reliable sources, reliable yeah. sources. I'll worry about it when we start getting actual, like, leaks and reports like we are with the Switch about people who are making parts for it. Because mm. that hasn't happened yet. Yeah. I mean, some of this just really still feels like wishful thinking. It could be. Um, you have to have some balls that go out with a story like that and not know for sure that it's going to happen. You'd lose your reputation. I mean, right most away. of those stories, you're just like rumors are saying, which is you're just reporting that people are reporting. It's, it's you know, they're pretty covered on that. Yep. Uh, Emperor Dread, there's been a lot of sleeper hits delayed games from last year and plenty of Game of the Year contenders this year. Is this one of the best years in gaming? Yes. Absolutely. It might be the best. We won't make that determination yeah, until our Game of the Year awards. But If Starfield is good, I don't see a lot of stuff. That, I don't see a lot of years that could compete with it. I don't either. It's insane. We are living through easily one of the best, maybe, like maybe the you best. Could, maybe years. you could pull a year out where a game you like better than anything else that came out this year it came out. Yeah. But in terms of more... Of, on, the, on the level of the... I, I can't think of one. Yep. Yep. All right, well, Especially one not one with like that's spread out across all platforms the way this is. Like, every system's gotten something. Yeah. Uh, one last question from Nexus6Batty. Is there any way to buy or stream your movie, Matt? Not yet. Any idea when that might happen? When the festival run is over, so probably early next year. We will let you know. When, it's, when you have any ability to contribute funds towards Matt's projects, we will absolutely let you know here on Game Face. We're all going to pull together and make sure that they're a success. Yeah, they so. would, it would not be available to buy unless someone, for some reason, bought it to mm -hmm. sell. It would be... It'll just stream. Be, it'll just stream some. probably be available on Vimeo or something. Okay. But when you're still submitting things to festivals, they don't want it available online because they want it to be like, oh, you can only see these things if you come to our festival. Yeah. So. Yep. All right. That's going to do it for Game Face 352. Another awesome episode. A lot of it is thanks to you guys because our chat is flipping awesome. I wish I could answer more of the questions, but we've unfortunately run out of time. We'll be back here next Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern at twitch.tv slash siftedgames. If you're watching this show on YouTube, or you're listening to it on any of the podcast services, and it's on all of them, if you could head to patreon.com slash sifted and give us a pledge, that would be great. Even a dollar a month makes a difference for us, and it gives you stuff on the Sifted website. Um, obviously, we would hope you would pledge a little more. At $4 a month, you get all our content early, Game Face four days early, Pactor Factor seven days early, everything else at least three days early, and I think we're probably the lowest major Patreon for gaming right now. I think everybody's gone to five or higher at this point, except for us. Um, so if you could do that, that would be great. And even if you can't afford to help us that way, there's so many other things you can do. You can review the podcast on a podcast service that you listen to it on. You can like it on YouTube. You can leave a comment, even if it's just like great show, because that stuff helps the algorithm. It helps it bubble up so that people who love the content that we create can find it. That's really our biggest issue people just aren't discovering the show. So anything like that is a huge help, but obviously, financially, it would be great if you could help us with that as well. And if you're an Amazon Prime member, you can give us a free $2.50 every month just by subscribing to Twitch Prime at twitch.tv slash siftedgames. Before we go, I wanna remind you guys, you all should be drinking LS Cream, provided you're all of age, you're all at least 21. Everyone should be drinking LS Cream. You should be mixing it with all your drinks. Head to creamls.com slash sifted. That's S-I-F-T-D. 
It's an awesome website. You can learn how to make awesome drinks with LS Cream, but most importantly, you can figure out where to buy it if you can't find it in your area. So next week, Baldur's Gate 3, Matt? Yep. Yeah. As far as we can get into it. Anyway. Another Game of the Year contender coming to Game Face in the very mm. near future. Which I said it would be the day it came out on Early Access two you years did. ago. Yeah. You had you drafted it in your fantasy team last year, right? Yeah. Yeah. Just in case. Yep. But I said I said, like after playing it that first time, I'm like, keep an eye on this one. This one's gonna be huge. I'm getting nervous now though, with like the, the people still don't have it with two days to go. Like it could get murdered in reviews. We'll see. But we're all excited for it. You're excited for it. And we'll be back next week to talk about it. So have you guys have yourselves a great week. We'll see you next Tuesday. Game faces up and out.